doing things a lot more different than we normally do. So when I say it in the intro, it is. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever it is you decide to make Big Sky Sports Talk part of your day. My family and I greatly appreciate it. You have found the only podcast in the world completely devoted to the full coverage of the four major franchises of one major market, and that's Phoenix, Arizona. We do things a little bit differently, especially today. We uh, do it from Big Sky Country, Billings, Montana. We cover ASU football, ASU basketball, and uh, yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, I uh, butchered that, but hey, whatever. Um I almost did the old intro. I do want to talk some rising, but I will do it at a later date. Excuse me for the dead air. I am so, so sleepy uh, right now, and I have no idea why. Um, but the the podcast unofficially presented by Muya Billings. I just want to let you know that. I'm super, super scattered. Um, a very, very different um, podcast today. It's all Arizona Cardinals this episode. I have another episode coming out where it will be um, everything else. Um, it was a it was a relatively be- busy weekend, um, but uh, with nothing going on yesterday. And, um, and then nothing, no, excuse me, nothing going on Monday and, um, the Coyotes playing right now, um, it, it just kind of made sense to divide this up, but I got a lot, a lot of Cardinals to get to, uh, a lot more than, um, I normally do so like that that's the biggest reason for Cardinals only. I, I think if I would smash it together, Cardinals and everything else over the weekend, everything from Saturday, Sunday, and uh yesterday up until this current moment, um that would be um well over three hours, and I've I've had three hour shows before. Recently, I had three and a uh, three and a half, but I think it just it flowed and made more sense today. I think um, for this episode, Cardinals only one. Uh, this just their second only win. That's part of it. Um, it's just uh, kind of a refreshing episode with guys coming back and and just just all of that um so um that's that's kind of what we're doing um i think that is that's everything i'm not going to um you know prolong anything uh per se um so we'll uh we'll go ahead and and uh, take a uh, a quick break. Um, sound credits uh, is the um, YouTube page for um, 98.7 FM Arizona Sports, the Arizona Sports YouTube page. I got two things from them, and then the rest, uh, azcardinals.com, Jonathan Gannon, Kyler Murray, Trey McBride, 
James Conner, um, Marquise Hollywood Brown, uh, Matt Prater, Buda Baker, um, Dennis Gardeck, uh, Jonathan Gannon from uh, Monday, BJ Ojolari from Monday, um, and also the coordinators, Drew Petzing, Nick Rollis, and, um, and, uh, um, uh, Jeff, um, Rogers, I don't know why I had a blank there, um, all for this episode. So, like I said, it, it's, it's pretty, it's a pretty bulky Thing. And so I hope you respect my decision to to break it all up. Um, I have real quick while we're talking football in, in general, uh, a possibility of a new show that I'm going to do. Um, I just really got to nail down my second host and in, in doing it. We talked about it kind of jokingly and he's like, well, with my new schedule, I might actually could. And I'm like, all right, well, let's do it. And so that's all we got is let's do it. And, you know, how, how often do we say that in a culture? Oh, man, we, we haven't seen each other in a while. Yeah, we should we should get together. All right, yeah, let's do it. And you never do. So, um, But a potential new show coming. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that, that should be. Uh, should be good if we end up doing it. That's that's all I'm gonna say. Um, so yeah, that's it. Uh, we'll uh, hear from um, um, Muya real quick, and then we'll go ahead and get into uh some Cardinals, and that will be up next on Big Sky Sports Talk. Muya Burgers, Fries, Shakes, and Billings is the unofficial presenting sponsor of Big Sky Sports Talk. There are several Muya locations throughout the United States and a couple of locations internationally. Let's start out with the food. The burgers are fantastic. They have burgers for every lifestyle, vegan, keto, low-calorie, as well as gluten-free. My personal favorite is the Cheddar Bacon Barbecue Burger. Their fries are always fresh, and don't forget about the Muya sauce. You can get a shake to go along with it. Though the food is good, I always leave satisfied, but their customer service is at the top. Rico, he's the general manager of Muya Billings. He and his staff are top-notch. They are located at 2695 King Avenue West in Billings, Montana. So go see my guy Rico. He'll hook you up. And tell him I sent you. Muya Billings, the unofficial presenting sponsor of Big Sky Sports Talk. Cardinals get their second win of the season. And with Kyler Murray at the helm exactly one month, uh, one month, 11 months. He makes his return against Atlanta at home 25 to 23 was the final and um it was a a pretty fantastic game um he, Kyler you know looked looked pretty sharp especially coming back uh he was 19 to 32 249 yards and at interception he had one um uh rushing touchdown James Conner 16 carries 73 yards 
Trey McBride had himself a heck of a day with eight receptions, 131 yards. All of those fantasy fantasy points on my bench. Um, Taylor Heineke, uh, eight for 15, 55 yards and a touchdown. Uh, B. John Robinson, 22 carries, 95 yards and a touchdown. And Drake London, three receptions and 36 yards. Um, the uh, Cardinals, they had uh, 20 first downs, 11 passing, 8 rushing, and 1 from penalty. They were 3 of 11 on third down and 1 of 1 on fourth. Falcons, 20 first downs, 5 passing, 11 rushing, 4 from penalties, 7 of 14 on third down, and 1 of 2 on fourth. Um, Cardinals, 60 plays for 352 yards, 10 total drives, 5.9 yards per uh, per play. Um, and the Falcons had 65 plays for 254 yards, 10 drives, 3.9 yards per play. Um, Cardinals, 230 yards passing for 6.8 yards per pass. Um, and 70 yards for 2.9 yards per pass for the Falcons. Um, Cardinals had two sacks for 19 yards and, um, the Falcons had three for 24, uh, rushing 122 yards on 26 carries and 40, 4.7 yards per rush for the Cardinals, 184 yards on 41 attempts, 4.5 yards per rush. Um, Falcons were a little bit more efficient in the red zone. They were three of four. The Cardinals were two of four. Um, Cardinals had 11 penalties for 112 yards. And that, that is part of the reason why, you know, Atlanta was, was, was in it. Um, and I mean, they're, they're, you know, they, they had some things going on for them as well, but. When you give up 112 yards, it's it's a lot. Um, Falcons only had four for 43 yards. Um, turnovers, uh, Cardinals lost that with one, and that that it was the pick. Um, to my recollection, it didn't hurt them, so that was good. Um, time of possession: 31 minutes, 42 seconds for the um, Falcons, and 28 minutes. And 18 seconds for the Cardinals. Um, here from uh, azcardinals.com, the, um, some quick uh, highlights. Maybe nobody better when you get near the goal line of finding the end zone. Good line him up. Split out here. Murray puts a man on. That pass! Is caught McBride. What a pass and an even better catch. Acquired in the trade from Philadelphia. 51-yard attempt here from Prater. Is perfect. Heineke takes a snapshot of the defense after his 11-yard run. Third down and goal. Fires end zone. It is caught. Scotty Miller. Touchdown. hit Robinson out of the backfield, but the Cardinals cover it, and then it's just a second reaction from Heineke. 
So the Cardinals cover it, and then that second reaction. Yeah, man, the great stuff. Can he elevate this team now? So far, so good. Murray, 6-12, really came together on that last drive. It completes over the middle. McBride breaking free. And he goes airborne inside Falcons territory. Here's Prater, who hit from 51 earlier. 46-yard attempt here. Good snap by Aaron Brew. Uses his legs to get positive yards. First and goal. Robinson. Robinson cutting to the outside. And the Falcons build up and lead. It's a seven-point lead. You have got to stay outside and hold your edge. Number 43, Lucetta. You got to know that Robinson, if he sees it, he's going to use that speed, and he's out the gate. 14 seconds, Cardinals third and one here. One timeout, Murray keeps it himself, sneaks in, touchdown! Matt Prater, who broke into the league with Atlanta back in 07, puts his back into it, and the kick is good. We're now leading the Falcons 15-14. Murray fakes the handoff, protected, slings it, it's intercepted! Nate Landman has some blockers and Landman out of bounds. 24 on the return as Murray makes his first big mistake. 13 consecutive field goals to tie or take the lead in the second half this season. It's the longest streak in the NFL. Ojalari finishes it. Spirit, both defenses came out to play here in the third quarter. So the four Atlanta possessions in this quarter. Punt, punt, field goal, punt. Here's Dorch going to play it. Dorch, Ooh. nifty return. Dorch still going. Dorch, oh. breaking and tackle. All the way down to the Atlanta 20. A return of 49 by Dorch. Yeah, Clayton Toon, the rookie quarterback, has come in. Potential touch push here, but it looked like he bobbled the snap. Toon, there is a, a penalty flag thrown near side of the field. So all kinds of stuff happening on this play. Second time we've seen Clayton Toon come take a snap so far. Offside, defense on the nose tackle. The Toon's declined, the result of the play is a touchdown. Ritter faking the handoff, fires, near side, incomplete. Mm. And there is a flag. You have to think you're in two-down territory at this point. Ritter fakes everyone out. Ritter, and he's in. Touchdown. Aren't you called it? Watch that play potentially. Ritter on in relief of Taylor Heineke. And he's brought Atlanta back in front. It's been their best play. Gardick is coming here. He's playing. And then uh, Marco Wilson, he's really the second layer of support. Somebody has got to be able to account and see Ritter outside. It just becomes a foot race. But again, if you study Atlanta, that has to be his fourth or his fifth. Uh, when they bring this look, but I expect pressure. Cardinals need a play right here from their franchise quarterback. Murray running for his life. Murray trying to buy some time. Murray gets a couple of blockers. Murray's going to run for it. He's got it. First down, Cardinals.
James Conner lines up at the top of your picture here with just under a minute left. Murray puts a mayor under it. Near side of the comebacker, McBride. And he's inside the 10. On a day that Prater has kicked two field goals from 50-plus, a chip shot to win it. Good snap. And the kick is good. And the Arizona Cardinals have won it. You uh, would hope for a touchdown there. Um, but, you know, when you have Prater, who is, and this is cheesy, but I'm stealing it from the Arizona Cardinals, Otto Matt, Matt Prater, uh, automatic, then, you know, that's what you do. You get it to the hash he prefers, and you let him win the game. And uh, it was, it was, it was good stuff. Um... We'll go ahead and go with uh, Jonathan Gannon first. Give us some thoughts. Injury front, I think uh, Zach came out, but he shouldn't be too bad. And I think Joey came out, but shouldn't be too bad. Uh, Kevin went down a couple times, but he battled back and got back in there. So, you know, you look at the game, I think all three phases, um, as always, we can clean things up on all three phases, but all three phases did things, uh, made enough plays in there to win the game. And, uh, you know, that's just just what I told them. It was complimentary football. I thought we did some things situationally that were extremely smart. Our guys executed those. That's what it takes to beat a a playoff caliber team. So uh, hats off to those guys. Obviously, one coming back, um, you know, made plays with his legs, made plays with his arm. Uh, The the last two minute there, you know, I know the line of game there for a a, a field goal where we're comfortable. And he says, I'm going to get it all the way down there. And that's what he did. So. Obviously, uh, a jolt of energy and belief within our team. That's why he is who he is. Couldn't be happier for the guy. And uh, on to Houston. I like that uh, solid opening statement by uh, Jonathan Gannon. You know, talks some injuries, talks about execution. Don't know if I necessarily agree with him saying Atlanta is a playoff team. I mean, I guess someone has to win the division there. Um, but, um, you know, talk Kyler and I thought that was impressive. He said, Hey, we know, we know where the line is, but I'm going to get us all the way down there. And he basically, he basically did. He basically got them all the way to uh, the end zone. I want to say, um, they were, were, I don't know where they, 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 I think that might've been in, in the red zone and just, uh, made Atlanta, uh, use their timeouts if they didn't actually there was a play where James Connor he he uh didn't go in he he purposely stayed out um and then they were uh he was like stopped at like the three and then there was a play that uh, didn't really get much um I think that there uh Kyler got sacked and then they uh uh did they kneel it once as well, uh, I want to say just to kind of get the last one, and then uh, Prater went out there and nailed it. So yeah, it was you know he kind of covered everything there, but uh, I you know I love I love the confidence. Hey, you know, put let me take over, put the ball in my hands, and I'm gonna not just get us to where we know Prater's comfortable. Let's get him closer than that. Before, but that 13 
hard to scrap one. Yeah, it was that. wild. I, it, I thought it was longer, but I think he gave so much ground. It felt like he ran for 30. Um, that was, you know, obviously a huge play. And that's, you know, guys, you, you hear, and they did it to us. You know, those guys that can make plays with their legs, it's tough. It's tough, man. And, uh, you know, to have a guy like that back there and uh, be able to do that and extend plays, you know, it's, it's invaluable. Was that you guys the, had a second when he was coming off the field? What did you guys talk about right there? Say it again. Just when he was coming off the field there at the end before the field goal. Yeah, I said, I'm happy for you, man. Hamilton really redeemed himself after the P.I. was that push out of bounds. On the yeah, that's a huge, play. huge play. Huge play because now you got to, you know, it's a, a complete different drive. And, um, you know, I thought that was well executed. Um, it was a good call by by Nick. I thought, you know, that's what we said that was going to be versus that group. That was the play. That was our two point play versus, you know, for the whole week. And uh, they knew it was coming and executed. It was a great play. Thirteen yard run to Tom. Was that a design run or was that a scramble by him? The one where he bucked out of there. Uh, it was a, a, a improv. Did you have a game from Trey today? Say it again, Ken. How about that the game from Trey today? Yeah, I mean, Trey lit it up. You know, I mean, catch and run. I mean, made some huge plays. I think he went over 100. I don't know how many catches, but it was like guys breaking tackles. You know, I juiced him the first one, and I didn't like his ball security, and he came off, and he knew it before I even told him. But uh, had a huge day, and that's, you know, he's, he's a really good player. I think I'm led to resort that Kyler just – I mean, he's going to throw it to you if you're open, but I'm led to believe that he likes throwing to the tight end, uh, um, and they they are big, strong targets. I mean, he has a great uh, connection with Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz is unavailable. Insert Trey McBride. Trey, you know, first game with Kyler, um, and he goes off for a career, you know, hundred plus. I mean, uh, it's it's interesting. It really is. I mean, I think everything else will come with um, Hollywood Brown and, and some of the others, but right now, Trey McBride is his guy, no doubt about that, and he had one heck of a game. For, uh, for this week about maybe tempering what we expect from Kyler. When you saw that out there today, did he surprise you at all? Or? Maybe that's why he laughed at me. <laughs> Honestly, I didn't have any expectation. Like I told you guys all week, I was just happy that the guy was back because I know what he went through to get back to this point, um, less than a year from a you know a major injury, and uh, to play at the level that he played today. And he just broke down the team and says, you know, I got to be better. There's a lot of meat on that bone on from the offensive side, and uh, that's what he'll continue to do: strive to get better and improve every day. Back to Trey for a second. That that last catch that he had that got you guys into that yeah. field goal range. Yeah. I mean, to to see that, to kind of have that awareness to kind of come back yeah. to the ball. Just, I mean, a really good. You know, I think he back shouldered him on purpose because where the DB was, and I mean, that's just elite ball skills. It just seemed like a really calm demeanor from him throughout the whole game. Did that? Were you seeing that? Did that seem K one? Yeah. That's how he is. Yeah, that's how he is. He doesn't ride the emotional roller coaster, which I love. I try not to. I'm probably a little more emotional than he is. But um, yeah, that's if if he you know he believes that if you give him the ball, he's going to win the game. So there it is. Probably not surprised, but James Conner, what he contributed, obviously. Unreal. I mean, some of those runs that he popped. You know, even the one to start the two minute there. I thought that was a nine or ten or I don't know, eleven yard run. 
um, to play the, the snaps that he played. I think he was in the range that we wanted him coming, not playing for a while. I mean, the guy's a captain for a reason. He's, I mean, he's so positive and, you know, he's, he's great with the offense when they come off, you know, and, um, you know, he's a premier player. I've always, ever since he's been here, I've, I've loved how, you know, much of a downhill runner James Conner is. He's a great weapon um, in for the offense and even in passing. And all of that that he did was uh, off of IR. Um, don't know how serious it was. It was serious enough for them to put him IR for him to be out for four weeks. But, you know, I wonder if he was he was good after two and a half and then last little bit, um, you know, just kind of make sure that everything is good. Um, it wasn't even, you know, as soon as he can come off, he was off. And it wasn't even, oh, he's questionable. It was like, no, uh, James Conner's going to play. Um, so gamer, gamer status for uh, James Conner. Was it the defense's execution that come out of the halftime and flying of the ball like they were? Yeah, a little bit of both. Our defense plays hard. You know, it, I think that, um, you know, and that's a hard team to defend with those with the playmakers that they have. And then, um, you know, the quarterback skill set, we had to rush him a certain way, and they, he got on the one there. Um, you know, from a defensive standpoint, you stop him on a couple three and outs there. That The one three and out, I don't know. I think we had a three and out. We they punt. Dorch has a huge return, and we score. That was a huge turning point in the game, I thought. And then obviously on the fourth and one, that's a you know that ends up being a takeaway, huge huge spot there, with a call that um, I think we you know kind of put in at halftime with how they were attacking our front structure. So just really good execution. Hats off to those guys. Um, you know they 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 play with a chip on their shoulder, and you know it's it's the leadership in that huddle is critical. Over. What were your expectations of Kyler today? About that, when it's the game. Penalties a bothersome. Yeah, game. a little bit. I mean, the, the two penalties on defense that led to 14 points. You're off there. A really good point, Bob. We got to play penalty free. They were calling it a little bit tighter. You know the, you know, uh, you know the the one at the end there. You know, bang bang play. But got to continue to emphasize that, and you got to adjust as the game goes how they're calling it. Um, but. You know, it's, it is what it is. You have to be cleaner there. You have to have to have to be cleaner on on uh, on the penalties. We've seen too many times over the last couple of years, penalties absolutely kill the Cardinals, kill their game plan, kill their momentum, kill the, the drive, whatever you want to insert, what it's killing, it's killing. Um, so they got to get that locked down. There was a couple that, you know, I mean, I don't necessarily ag agree that, you know, I, I don't say I don't agree with the call, but there was there were some that it was, you know, some PI calls that were called for the Cardinals. And then it was like the the exact exam sack, exam sack, exact same look for the um, for the uh, the Falcons that wasn't called it, you know stuff like that is, is really really annoying and that that's why Jonathan Gannon was alluding to hey they I think they called it a little tighter there um and uh um most certainly what uh he's alluding to is is mainly tighter for for the Cardinals in some ways with Clayton, you had a couple packages with Clayton. Yeah. Fourth and one, you got a first down. 
and later on you got the touchdown. Yeah. How much did uh, did Kyler coming back first game factor in those packages? Yeah, it's just we like to play type with Clayton in there. You know, he'll continue to have some certain plays up each week, and uh, he did a good job executing it. That's not easy to do, coming in a game cold and getting a snap and scoring. So um, he had a great week of practice, um, <laughs> a really good week of practice. Came back the right way after getting, you know, beat up a little bit. Um, and that's how coaches and players need to respond when you get beat up a little bit. It shows your true character. Wait to watch the tape with the offensive line with left tackle, left guard, Carter O'Donnell yeah. in his first significant snaps. Will who hardly practiced what overall. Yeah. What do you I mean, think they battled, you know what I mean? We had some guys in there that had to step in and play. Um, you know, I thought they did a good job communicating. You know, we had a couple penalties in there, but they pretty much protected them the whole day. The run game looked pretty good with some new guys in there and just hats off to those guys. They want to play football, man. They're they're there's no one in that locker room that's scared that doesn't want to be out on the field. So um, anyone that's out there, we feel completely comfortable getting the job done. What do you say about your uh, kicker? He played well. I thought he played well. I mean, special teams was a huge, you know, Jeff and Sam did an excellent job. They did some different things too. And, um, you know, huge, you know, I think he was three of three, banged in the, the, the 51 yard, four for four. Mark, I said he was four for four, four for four, and and you know the punt return. I thought that was really good. I think Mark said three for three. I'm gonna throw you under the bus, Mark. Technically three for three. <laughs> That's my guy. Go ahead. You mentioned the the penalties, the free snap penalties on offense. That's something that he's gonna clean bit, up as well. Yeah, a operational. You know what I mean. So that's. Um, you know, you, you just, without taking a snap in a game, you know, in a new system, you know, I, I kind of prepared, we prepared for a little bit of that. I thought Drew did an excellent job, though, a couple things that he came off. He's like, I'm not comfortable with a couple things. Drew, did, he put him away. And uh, we played to his strengths. So I thought it was a good job by the offensive staff adjusting it. And, and you guys don't, you guys do understand the mental that goes on to the center and the quarterback in the operation. It's a lot. And, um, you know, he handled it extremely well. It's a credit to him getting himself ready to play without taking reps. Concern. Kyler overthrew Hollywood on one. Right at the end of the first half, he came off. He looked a little gimpy. He threw an interception early in the third quarter. I think it was mid, maybe the mid-third quarter. Like, were you worried at any point that maybe this was too much too soon? No, I wasn't. I wasn't. Uh, he, uh, he, he assured me going into the game, let me, let me ride, man. And if you see the way he played, it was it was perfect. Kyler, what do you think? I feel good. Feel good. Um, just, just happy to win. <laughs> Out of all of that, that was uh, that's all I was worried about was winning. Come back and play like you did. Have some play like you did. I mean, they scored the touchdown, and in my head, I was like, yeah, there's no like. Of course, it sets up like this, you know, for for us to go back down and score, and. Um, you know, at that point, like, you got to make your mind up. You know, there's uh, no quit, no quit, no quit in that group. Um, and I think we showed that tonight. What's, uh, what's going through your head on the, the third and ten where you're scrambling all over the place? I told the, told the lady, man, it was uh, – had to make my mind up. You know, I, I know, you know, it kind of it may sound cliche or, like, not possible, but it was – it was for me, it was like I, – I, at the end of the day, you know, if it comes down to me, it being in my hands, I got to – you know, I got to make something happen. Um, you know, I, I didn't see anything downfield, so um, – Honestly, I thought they had a pretty good contain, but you know, God bless me to be able to do things like that, and that was uh, that's kind of what happened from it. How were you, you going with Trey all day? 
Man, they're just good matchups, good matchups. You know, I don't think uh, not many safeties in the league that can probably guard him. Um, and he's, you know, he's getting it rolling. He's getting his confidence up. Uh, he's got all the ability in the world. So I'm happy to see him do what he's doing. Uh, you played in big games throughout your career. Was the buildup for this, the anticipation last night, this morning, similar to any of those big games in the past? Um, you know, throughout the week, I tried to just stay calm, cool, you know, collected. As it got closer today, you know, um, wake up early, go home, have a lot of time at the house before, you know, driving to the stadium that, you know, the shit in your chest starts to build up. And, like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying to calm it down because, you know, obviously we got to play a game, can't be too amped up. Uh, but it was kind of inevitable. Um, but I thought I did a good job. I thought I did a good job of, you know, not really letting the emotions and everything get to me uh, throughout this week. Obviously, it being a big week. But at the end of the day, man, just trying to come out here and get a win. That's, that's, that was the mindset. Scramble, I think second to play the game. Did you, what do you think afterwards? Um, kind of got it out of the way, uh, but it wasn't, it wasn't a good scramble. So, you know, um, go out there and go three and now it's tough, but I'm glad we won. How nice was it to score a touchdown? It was good. It was good. Um, you know, I thought that they took the one back from Mike and then we put Clayton in to run the shove. So that was tough, but it was good. So you just know, like pulled that that you were going in for safe. Yeah, I don't know. he pulled he he gave me a read like my legs didn't work. So I, just, I was I haven't had a read like that since since like year two, but it was it was good. What kind uh, of last people, play? Uh, people gave you a pretty nice ovation when you got introduced. Yeah. What did it feel like to, to feel the love from the fans? It was good. It was good, man. I just can't can't thank them enough. Can't thank the fans enough. I really felt all the support this week, um, whether it was you know messages or you know just uh, seeing people on the road uh, anywhere, man. There's just a lot of love this week, and I appreciate it. Do you feel kind of relieved that this first one's out of the way and you can stop talking about all this? Um, man, I just want to win. You know, it feels good to win. I mean, it just that's like the icing on the cake. You know, it would have been a shitty night to come out here and lose and then, you know, kind of just all this build up for what? You know what I mean? So uh, I'm just happy for us and the team, man. I'm just happy. With that down scramble, uh, the one that set up the, the game-winning field goal, were you in your head at all? There was you had a couple of scrambles where earlier in the game, it's like, oh, he's going to do that Kyler thing, but it just didn't quite go that way. And this was a chance for you to actually be who you are. Were you in your head, or were you um, thinking about it at all? Well, I knew I was. You know, I was probably like 20 yards back or 15 yards back from the line of scrimmage, and I knew it was third and ten. So you know, you do the math. I had to. At that point, if I got to take a hit, I got to take a hit. But we got to win the game. You know what I mean? So that was kind of the mindset, obviously. When you're running that, you know, running like that, it's everything's kind of blurry. And um, you know, for me, it was just you know, do whatever is necessary to win. So, on that play to Trey, what was in your mind that you felt going deep down the sideline to him was <coughs> was the call on the right the right try? Yeah, like I said, it was one on one with him and uh, forgot who it was. I don't think it was a safety, but uh, he took it high. And uh, you know, Trey's been going; he's been he's been balling all day. So I got got to get him a chance. And that was you know, it was uh, it was under throwing ball, but you know, he did a great job coming back and catching it. Did it feel normal being out there again? Felt normal. Felt right. The interception at all? It looked like maybe Trey should have settled down and hold it. Uh, I mean, it's uh, that's what I you know is miscommunication. Uh, something we haven't worked. Uh, cover two. I you know the middle of the fields uh, vacated. It was uh, you know I felt like he could have sat down, but that's not something that we had we had practiced or worked on. Um, so he was right to keep running. You know, so uh, my fault. It's my fault. I mean. Sorry to stop you there, Josh Weinfuss. Uh, you know, when he was saying that, I was I was thinking about something. Obviously, you know this this whole press conference has been, you know, 
night and day different than what we're accustomed to with Kyler Murray. But did did you sense the ownership there? Um, and, and I'm not pausing to come up with my thoughts. I kind of pause there for for effect because he said, you know, that that one's on me. And um, if I remember correctly, the the play that these these talking about where um Kyler uh through the uh through the interception um the the interception wasn't if you look at it wasn't fault of of Kyler but he accepted the fault anyway it, it, it was you can you can tell that that Kyler read it right but um, the and I, I think it was you know Trey McBride again did that where it was supposed to go to that Trey didn't read it right, and you feel like in the past Kyler would certainly um maybe say something that wasn't uh where it was totally blasting his guy, but maybe hinting there or whatever. But um, you you can kind of hear even how he answered that, that, you know, the, the just the way his cadence there, um, there, some of the breaks in his sentence that, you know, and then he just ended, you know, you know, that one, that one's on me, you know, Knowing full well that that it that it really wasn't, and 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 I'm one of those that every intercept you not every interception is is equal. They all go on the quarterback, but they're not all equal. Sometimes it's you know sometimes it it is your fault. Most of them are are. Sometimes it's a a tip ball, and and the defender got you know props to the defender they got. Their hand up and tipped it. Sometimes uh, the quarterback leads the receiver um, to the wrong wrong place, and or l- tries to, but the receiver doesn't go, and and he's expecting him to be there, but he's not there, and there's miscommunication there. Um, uh, sometimes the offensive line, you know, doesn't hold up their end of the bargain. But every situation, it goes on the quarterback. So, you know, you, you pin it on Kyler either way, but that wasn't one of those, and he took ownership anyway. And so I I love that. And we're not used to it, and that's why I'm pointing it out. They, they, they played it well, and then, uh, you know, the throw to James wasn't even supposed to be a part of the play, but it just kind of, you know, making something happen at that point. The play was dead, and then, you know, trying to make something happen. How good was it for you to come back to this game and then also to have James coming back after missing four and how much he meant to this effort today? Yeah, I mean, his, his uh, you know, what he means to this team, you know, kind of goes unnoticed, uh, or maybe it doesn't, but, you know, I feel like he's, you know, he's, he's a staple, he's an anchor for this team. You know, he's a, he's a leader. 
And you know, it was great to have him back out there, just his presence, um, being able to trust him and know what he's going to do, know what he gives us. And I think he gives everybody else a comfort level that you know we don't have when, when he's not out there. So uh, to have him back out there with me felt great. How did you feel in terms of operating the offense? And do you usually watch <coughs> that? Uh, it's something that we do now. Um, done it you know, a couple of times maybe in the past, but it felt good. It felt good. Um, you know, being in the huddle, working the play clock, having, you know, Drew in my ear and stuff like that, all that is, you know, is obviously going to be new for me, but uh, it felt good first game back. Yeah, it was a good game back. Uh, Trey McBride had one heck of a game. Let's hear from him. Yeah, that was awesome. That felt good. It felt good to uh, to have Kyler back. It felt good to get this offense moving a little bit. It was uh, it was a lot of fun out there, no doubt. Um, Kyler is a heck of a player. He's a guy who makes plays. He's a guy who extends plays. It's starting long. He runs around for 80 yards, and you know you, he's a guy that just you can never stop with him. He's a great player. I'm very excited to have him back, and I'm thankful that he gave me some opportunity today. So over the past four or five weeks, yeah. you, it seems like. You've just kind of exploded into being one of the primary playmakers. Why do, why do you think that's happening? You know, I think it's just consistency. I try to come in every day. I try to do the right thing. I try to be the best player I can be. I try to help this team in every way that I can. And um, I think the coaches are seeing that. I think they're giving me some opportunity. And I'm, you know, very thankful for that. Um, I think it's a huge part was Kyler's back. You know, they, they wanted to throw the ball a little bit. They wanted to do that. So... They did that, and uh, Kyler gave me some opportunity, and I'm very thankful for that. On that play in that last drive, yeah. did, did you know it was coming to you or have a sense the ball I was did coming? I, a little bit. You know, I told Kyler, you know, I usually don't tell him what to do, but I, uh, I said, if this guy gots me man-to-man, I've been killing him all game, just give me a chance. And um, he did exactly that. I ran the route actually a little different than I had all game. The whole game, I was crossing that dude's face, and he was playing real outside on me, and I, he wasn't going to let me, so I had to take it real high. Kyler launched it a mile in the air, and I just had to come back. And I, I you know, I was trying to get a PI call at the least, you know, and I um, truthfully came back, caught the ball, and um, kind of sealed up the deal. So that was very cool, very special to me, and I'm um, thankful that Kyler gave me a chance on that. I think you had like eight catches on nine targets, something yeah. like that. What, what goes through your mind when the ball's in the air? Um, Truthfully, I just try to catch everything, you know. Big thing about, you know, you make plays and, and he's going to keep throwing you the ball. And I felt like that's what I did for him today. Um, you know, I try not to get tackled on the first guy. I try to break tackles. I try to extend plays, things like that. And, um, you know, they gave me some opportunity today. And I, I felt like I, um, you know, did a good job with that. The first 100-yard receiving game from the tight end since 1989. Did you know that history? Yeah, they told me that after the game. I thought that was crazy. You know, I wasn't even thought of. I wasn't even, you know, I was uh, still 10 years before I was born, you know, so that's crazy. Um, but it's very cool. Um, it's very awesome. It's very special to me. I'm very thankful for this organization. I'm thankful for all these guys. And, uh, you know, I hope it, that drought doesn't last that long again. <laughs> you mentioned how high Kyler threw that pass. Yeah. Did it, was there any prop? Was there any trouble locating it at all? You know, I I just I knew I was taking it high, and um, I had to get separation. So the first three or four steps, you know, I was just digging, running, and then I looked up. He launched it. I didn't lose it at all. You know, I saw it the whole way. That's why I was able to come back to it the way I did. And um, you know, he gave me a shot, and I made a play for him. So that was very cool. No disrespect, obviously, to the guys who have played quarterback the last several yeah. games, but what what's the difference when Kyler's in the huddle? I mean, is there kind of a palpable? Like, we've got a superstar now under center. You know, those guys did a great job for us. Uh, you know, Josh did a great job this whole this whole year. I'm, I think he's a great player as well. But I think just the the energy this week, you know, we, we had JC back. We had Kyler back. 
the energy, the vibe, everything was good. You know, we were, we, we were coming in this game with a lot of confidence. We knew this was a good game for us. Kyler's coming back. We're playing at home. We're all juiced up, excited, and, and we wanted to, you know, play good for him. You know, he's been out for a year. He's been grinding, working hard to get back, and, and we just wanted to play hard for him. You know, he deserves it. He's a franchise guy here, so we wanted to play hard for him, and I think we did exactly that. Energy like in the locker room, post <laughs> You know, I got in there. I was a little late. You know, I had a couple interviews after the thing, but I got in there. The music was loud. Guys are jumping around, dancing. You know, it was fun. It was fun, man. It felt good to be back. It felt awesome. Like it was, it was good to get back in that winning track. You know, winning column, and I'm excited to to keep building on that for the second half of this season. Big block on Kyler's touchdown run. And we're talking a lot about the, the yeah. pass catching, but yeah. how important is that to you to set that big block? Yeah, so like it was a read play. He's reading the defensive end on, in front of me, and I knew I knew we, need, we needed one yard, and I was like, there's no way he's going to you know, hand this off. He's taking it himself. And I was blocking for him. I knew I was blocking for him, and um, you know I just had to make a block for him. He's going to make a guy miss. I trusted him to do that. So I really just knew I had to cover the guy up, and he's going to make a play. So that's exactly what I did, and he and he got in the end zone. So that was a lot of fun as well. The scramble there late in the game from him. Yeah, that was crazy. He was running around all over the place. And like I said, he's one of those guys that the play's never over with him. He's a guy who just extends plays. And as receivers, as patch catchers for him, we're always trying to you know, keep that going. We're trying to, you know, we know he's going to scramble around. He's going to make plays. And, and that was one of our things this week. We have to be able to, you know, make plays when he's out of the pocket, when he's running around. And I think we did that. You know, he did that a lot with his feet. But I think, you know, in the future weeks, we can uh, help him as pass catchers as well. It was uh, James Connors' uh, first uh, game back as well. So let's hear from him too. That's the game and that's how it played out for us. You know, how would it be, you know, for him to come back? Off of the, off of uh, you know the knee and uh, have to go lead us down the field and make the plays he made on that drive specifically uh, for us to put the game away. Beautiful. What were the emotions like in the locker room before the game, just seeing him suit up and being the last one to run out on the field, knowing yeah. everything he's been through? No, for sure, good emotions. But um, you know, he was ready for the moment. No moment is too big for him. You know, he didn't have plenty of pressure on himself, so uh, he was really relaxed before this game. You know, so uh, we knew big things was coming when he's relaxed like that. Execute on all three phases and have you guys healthy on all sides of the ball. How yeah. much confidence does that give you moving forward with this group? Yeah, it's nice. It's um uh, you know we're we're a dangerous group when we all together. You know, we don't let our record, you know, affect how we play. We're still gonna play with passion and uh take it one game at a time. So uh love this team. Hollywood, you are probably one of the closest, Kyler. How are you feeling? So what do you think of number one? How do you look? Good. Uh look like you know he was ready to go out there. Uh, made some plays on the ground, and it's exciting to see. Anything said before that last drive that you guys need a, need a touchdown? Uh, no, nah, I was just like, let's let's go finish. That was just the motto, like, let's go finish, put it away, and we did. What did it feel like generally just to have him back in the huddle? Felt good. He had command. Uh, he was comfortable. Um, couldn't tell, you know, that he'd been out for a while because he, he was real comfortable. As a friend and a teammate, how did it feel for you to see him execute this and get this result after what he's been through over the last 11 months? Good, uh, especially that third down run. I was like, man, like I, I felt good for him for him to get that and uh, finish it like that. And that way, you know, that was good. How much did you want that layout catch? You were like parallel to the floor yeah. right there. I tried, I tried to get to it, but we'll connect on it in the future for sure. For you guys as a team, been a been a couple weeks since a win. What's it? What does it feel like in the locker room afterward? I felt good uh, just to get back in the win column. Uh, guys in here deserve it. Coaches deserved it. Uh, so it felt good for everybody. You mentioned that third down run on the final drive. Just what was going through your mind when you took off like 
I just like go, like go. Get, I'm trying to block somebody. I'm trying to get the dude who was guarding me. Uh, and you know, once I seen him running towards us, it was no doubt that he was going to get the first down. Back like you never left. Oh, definitely. Thank you. Thanks, Matt Prater, you've been money. Thanks. Let's go. Yeah, It was great. It was so exciting having Kyler back. It was just kind of like a total different energy. I know it's a big team game, but when you have someone like Kyler coming back, who's special. And I don't know. I think when they they went up, and then we had you know two minutes, whatever. I knew we were going to get a chance to kick one or score. So that's yeah, so much so much fun playing with Kyler. A couple fifty plus yarders for you. Does it ever get old hidden from that distance? No, nah, it's one of those things where wherever the offense sends me out to kick from, I expect to make them. Whether it's a twenty yarder or a fifty yarder, they're all the same to me. When you're on the bench and you see Kyler starting out, is there a sign, like, was it maybe when he was able to scramble early that he's going to be fine? Be yeah, no, I, th I thought he looked great. Didn't look like he was, you know, hesitant or, you know, favoring his leg at all. But um, even before he had that scramble, I, I just had a feeling we were going to get in range for a field goal, just having confidence in the offense and him. It all come together, all three phases, yeah. the defense, uh, being healthy. Uh, how much confidence does that give you with this team moving forward? Um, like you said, great team win, offense, defense, and teams. Like Dorch had a big return. We made some kicks, covered kicks. Um, offense moved the ball all day. I think we only had one or two punts. Defense played great, had big stops when we needed to, so it's a total team win. The last few of them, I mean, you've done this tons of times. So it just, as usual, just go out there and just do what you normally yeah, do. Yeah, go out and expect to make the kick, and usually the results come with it. Buddha Baker, tell me something. <laughs> Buddha, you're kind of bounding off the field, down the tunnel, yeah. going in the locker room. Just the obvious of getting back in the wind column, or was there more to it today? Oh, you know, I was just thanking the fans for coming to the game, you know, uh, shaking hands, kissing babies, you know. Uh, <laughs> it's always good to get a W, especially at home. How good did this one feel? <clears throat> Felt very good, definitely, you know, uh, like I said, you know, we haven't won at home in a while, so, uh, well, we won in Dallas, so that was a great game, but overall, and uh, it was a great win, great having K1 back, great having James Conner back, uh, great having even Michael uh, Wilson back as well, um, and it was just a complete game. What was it like having a front row seat to what Kyler was doing on that final drive? Oh, man, it was awesome, you know, I was sitting at the edge, <clears throat> edge of the, you know, um, sideline just watching watching him work, you know, so uh, it was definitely special, especially that one, uh, I think it might have been third down where he uh, got that conversion, and uh, it was great. What were the emotions in the locker room after that? We could hear the face bumping, yeah. so what was the, the vibe yeah. in here? It was definitely a great vibe, you know, very positive, um, you know, guys high-fiving, and uh, just special to get a W, you know. Uh, we take it one day at a time, and today uh, we, we won the game, and that was special. You mentioned JC and Michael getting them back too, but what, what does it do for this group having franchise QB back in the middle? Yeah, of course. You know, like you said, franchise QB. You know, anytime without having that, you know, it's, it's definitely a, a hard game overall. But just having him back, um, you know, brought a lot of juice to the team, a lot of juice even to the, our fans. And uh, you know, thank all the fans for coming, and uh, I'm glad we got a W. To see BJ get to the quarterback, and again, one of those rookies that is kind yeah. of. Stepping up in these moments, how cool is that for you to see? Yeah, it's very cool. You know, I'm in coverage, just watching. You know, watching uh, our D line work, and it's great to see him, uh, of course, get those sacks and um, just the the rel relentless energy to the ball for our D line. You know, it's definitely special. With the defense overall, I think all three of their touchdown drives, it was a, a 
penalty that basically yeah. set them up. But other than that, what did you think of the performance? Yeah, um, I think we played hard. You know, we played very hard. Of course, you know, the penalties we could have uh, done better. Um, but, you know, we, we definitely played hard, and we told ourselves, you know, we weren't going to lose today. And um, we were just going to grind it out one play at a time, and that's what we did. And I'm glad uh, we got the W. Cool. Thanks, Ben. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Congrats. Congrats. Just uh, how good does this one feel to get, get the win today? Yeah, it, feel, it feels like it's been long overdue, so to finally get that win is just uh, a big relief. Um, but honestly, it's not going to change anything that goes into our preparation come, come Monday. Um, it's an exciting feeling. I hope everybody enjoys it tonight and get back back on the horse and uh, get rolling again for next week. That's Dennis Gardak, by the way, Dennis Gardak. Yeah, it was incredible. Um, just how special a player he is, man. It's so cool, um, you know, being a guy that kind of prides himself on being like one of the first in and last out and to see Kyler already in and still there when I'm leaving. Um, just And also going through an ACL, not too much before him it's I kind of have goosebumps right now it's just so so cool to see all that I know that feeling I know all the hard work I know the loneliness of having to do that rehab everything he's gone through and then just to hit it in stride as a as a starting quarterback is just I have the utmost respect for him and uh, I'm really happy for him I don't know if you know but you made some history today you have the most sacks in franchise history now for an undrafted player just yeah I'm trying mean? to get I'm trying to get rid of those asterisks man <laughs> For, for the undrafted, nah, man, I'm trying to set real records. Uh, no, I'm, I'm really happy to have that undrafted record, but um, that's not the standard that I hold myself to, so uh, we're going to keep hunting. You mentioned BJ. How good is it to see him perform on this Yeah, it's incredible. He, he'll get over here once he's done showering. But it, it's so cool just to see his progression. He's, he's um, a lot quieter than most guys in our room, and just to like always learning and observing and taking everything in stride, staying after with Zavin to work on things that, that he feels like he needs to work on. It's, um, it's refreshing to see that from a rookie. It was really cool, so I'm happy he's having so much success. Seems like week after week, everyone said this team is so close to see it all come together in all three phases this way. How mm -hmm. much confidence does that give you for the rest of the season? Yeah, I think, I think we finally, finally saw some, some proof of all that hard work that we've been putting in. Uh, it's going to give us some more juice, but we're going to roll into next week just like we have been every week. Thank you. Uh, we'll go with uh, Jonathan Gannon. After watching the film, what do you think? With the, uh, the plays at the end of the game, James going down short of the goal line and then the following play, is that something you guys all talk about on the sideline? Is that just a inherent thing that you guys do in those situations? Um, our guys are situationally trained. And um, when you need to execute things um, within the ball game, you, they got to know what's going on and they got to know what to do. And we try to put them in those situations and educate them. But each game plays out different with what you do. And uh, I was uh, proud of our guys to execute there. After watching the film, any more evaluation on Kyler? No, looked good. Looked really good. He, um, you know, some things we all got to work on, but. Uh, We'll get back and we got back in the lab today, but uh, had a good game. How do you feel the offensive line held up with Beecham stepping in? Good. I thought Beecham played extremely well stepping in for Hump. Carter O'Donnell, another guy into the lineup, you know, he, um, I thought he played well. Um, all five of those guys did a good job. What, what did it into with, I know you often say what happens during the week determines who plays 
sometimes on Sunday. With Carter, I'm sure there had to be a plan going in. Perhaps this would happen. What yeah. Was the, what was the thought process? Last like? we've been we've kind of been nicked a little bit in there. Um, <clears throat> you know, starting with Elijah and then Dennis Daly coming and then Cologne and so you know as you get guys back and you're you're going you're you're practicing those weeks. Certain guys are taking snaps different places. He's a versatile guy that can play really two maybe three spots on the offensive line for us. Versatile guy. Uh, Why well, I say maybe three is he has snapped a little bit before, and we got him doing that too. But uh, you know, you got to be able to go in and and uh, fill a role. And I thought he did a really good job. But that was kind of in the works just by through the last couple weeks of what it was. And um, I was excited for him. His first chance he really got to play some extended snaps, start the game, and played well. How was Humphreys uh, trending right now? Say it one more time, Bob. DJ Humphreys. Uh, we'll see this week. Um, yeah, I, I think that um, you know he went out the last couple of days there. Just wasn't healthy enough to go. So, we'll see how he does this week. Higher, higher low ankle. I don't know an ankle. How is uh, Jonathan Ledbetter? He's doing okay. We got to keep evaluating him here. We should get some things back on him in the next 24 hours. You mentioned yesterday that there were some things that Kyler wasn't wasn't comfortable with and. And told, got with the coaches, and they took some of those things out. Was that operationally, or just within the offense? Yeah, no, operationally. Yeah, so you know, and and um, it, it's cool because we, I don't. There's things that come up that you have to adjust to, um, but I think that the coaches and Kyler did a really good job of okay, like here are some scenarios that can go on during the game. And if they become issues, we got to fix them, and here's what we're going to do. And they were on the same page with that. Um, and a lot of it was just what he's getting into his ear, what he's looking at, and then giving it to the huddle. So, um, you know, and, and I, like I said to you guys yesterday, I knew there was going to be a little bit of that. You know, you know, it's first time doing a lot of that stuff. And, and I'm sure as we keep getting going, um, he'll get more and more comfortable with how we're operating. Was that anything part of that one crazy play when – the whole offensive line moved, but yelled it didn't snap it. Mm, yeah, that's one of them. What have you seen from what have you seen from BJ's progression over the past couple of games? It seems like since that Ravens game, he's kind of hit his stride a little bit. Yeah, he played well. I mean, and he's been doing a good job for us. You know, just like all our rookies. You know, the more snaps that they get, um, the more they see things. You know, the different going against different guys. What we're asking them to do on a week to week basis. Um, I think Rob's done a really good job with that whole room, but BJ too, you know, he missed all of spring. Um, so he was a little bit behind of a normal rookie like Garrett as well. Um, so I thought he played violent, physical. Um, he rushed pretty well. He's playing the run pretty good too. So that's what I'm excited about. And he, and he drops in coverage and made some plays on screens, perimeter screens where you know, when you draw it up on the board, it looks like you're okay, you know, but then he beats a blocker and makes a play, you're not okay. So he played well. He said that, he said that Zavin has been working a lot with him uh, in the meeting rooms, also on the field post-practice. How beneficial is it to have your veteran players kind of take the rookies under their wing a little bit and try to keep Yeah, very, very beneficial. The more work you can get, and I always say, too, it's one thing, me or Nick or Rob saying something to him, but when another player kind of puts it in his verbiage, here's what they want, here's what they're talking about, sometimes it clicks. So all our guys do a good job of that. What's your, what's your reaction? And all the coaches and everyone, you watch that Kyler run 
in that last play and watch it on tape and do you just totally marvel at him? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> How much confidence has been Brian getting the last five weeks? Um, you know, he that's a good question, Bob, because his you know, his production has picked up a little bit, but he's he's a he's been a confident guy since I've been here. Um and you know, sometimes with, with guys like that, he puts the work in, he keeps improving his game every day. You know, when he gets his opportunity, he's gonna he's maximized them and but there's always he has a sense of belief in himself that if he gets targeted, he's gonna catch it and do something with the ball. He believes in himself. Uh the the offense, the coaches, they believe in him. Um and he's you know, he's an impactful guy. He does things you know he's a tough cover. Uh, he can he gets open. He catches the ball, and he's got run after catch because he's strong. He's got contact balance. He's fast. So, you know the ball found him. And he made a bunch of plays. Was I surprised? Not really. How much of a lift did you notice, perhaps on both sides of the ball, with K one returning and having the franchise guy back? Yeah, I think um, more so than on than yesterday was probably the week of practice. You know, it, it seemed like it upticked uh, our competitiveness on both sides. Um, I thought we had a really good week of practice, but uh, yeah, I think you know what I said—a jolt of energy. You know, maybe a little more belief that we're gonna. Um, you know, make sure if we get the ball there late, we're going to score points or whatever it is. But, you know, that's part of him making his teammates better. Um, psychologically, that goes into that statement as well. So uh, that's what he does for us. What can I believe do for a team kind of week? I don't, I don't know if it's after a week or week to week, I think it's just how he handles his business and and the guys what they believe in him too, and um, that that doesn't go away from week to week. It should be pretty consistent. On that line, what does it say about Will and what he dealt with during the week? But was it your sense he was probably going to play, or did you not really know until the end? Of the week? No, he was he was kind of Friday. He practiced. Um, I don't know what the sheet said, but Friday he practiced. That Thursday, I think he practiced. Friday he practiced, and he was healthy enough to go, so he went. With those packages with two, is that kind of maximizing the personnel for the situation, or is it kind of protecting Kyler in, in those tough Yeah, situations? just you know the different things that we can do in different situations and make sure the right people are in at the at the right time. That's what we're going to do. I know you take pride in, in being even keel week to week and things like that, but did did it provide a jolt to you as well, Murray, coming back? I mean, how, how did you process no, that? No, I wouldn't say that. I was Like I told you guys all week, I was just excited for the guy to get out there and play because I know what he's put in. But um, I kind of I, – I, kind of stayed who I've always been. I always got belief in the team that we're going to get it done. Um, but it's nice to have him going out there and saying, hey, I, I got you, man. You know, So that's that's cool, too. After James' run to the two, it was set up then <coughs> rather than in the middle for the kick to the left. Is that where Matt wanted it? In that Ask situation? him. That's where he loves it. Left hash. What's it like having a kicker that you know, from 55, 60, it's almost, you know what I mean? It, it, do you almost yeah. take it for granted sometimes? No, I do not take it for granted. Um, I know how huge those kicks are. You know, the one play where we were backed up, we had a bunch of penalties, um, and it was third and, I don't even know, third and 30 maybe. 
And I thought it was really good by Drew to say, hey, get this ball to the 40, and we're going to kick it. And he checks it down to Rondell, and Hollywood makes a block, and he gets it to the 39 or whatever, and Matt bangs it through. Like, that's a, that's a huge, uh, you know, three-point right there, a three-point swing in the game. I think somebody told me there were seven lead changes in that game. You know, it's going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth in a tight game. And, you know, that's how the NFL is. you got to make plays to win the game. But I do not take it for granted. I know that um, – He's a really good player for us, and I have a lot of confidence, even when I have to, as I would call it, stretch the leather, that he's going to go bang it through. Um, and it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, but I got complete confidence in him. What's impressed you the most about Drew over these first 10 weeks? Uh, man, a lot. Uh, you know, he's, he's emotionally stable, unless he doesn't agree with the refs, which I'm on him about. Um, <laughs> You know, I think just he's he's very adaptable with listening to the players, you know, and <clears throat> he does a really good job during the week of, of teaching and coaching it and then adapting the game, the call sheet as it gets going through, you know, three, four days. And then what he's done with the quarterback situation, <laughs> you know, f through the first however many games with then Kyler being activated and getting him reps and Dobbs reps and Clayton reps and – you know, just managing all that with a very level head, with understanding what we're trying to get done, with a lot of, as I would say, known unknowns. Um, he's just handled it extremely well. Him is the entire offensive staff and trying to put a, a good plan together each week. And uh, he's he's probably the, one of the most accountable people in the building. You know, he always looks at it. doesn't matter if it was this morning or – you know, after San Francisco or whatever the game it is, like I get a sheet from him. Here's my critical errors. This is what I need to do better. Um, this is game plan mistakes, play calling mistakes, personnel mistakes, all that. And um, that's why he's here. Have you looked at the text mistake yet? A little bit, about three hours of it. There's uh, so many things we can ask you about the quarterback, but he doesn't seem to have any flaws. Doing historic things at the moment. Yeah, I started with their defense, so. <laughs> true, true, truthfully, Bob, I, my my process, I start on the other the the other side. Um, I start with because how Drew and Nick do it's a little bit different, so I want to be ahead of the curve with with Drew earlier in the week. I'm sure it's the t he's going to jump off the tape and know that he's playing really well. I, I would say that. Ramped up Kyler. How would you describe them trying to balance the reps, getting him ready? Was it chaotic? Was it organized chaos? Like, I don't no, know. You just take all the information in, make the best decisions you can, take it day by day, and put all your effort, effort and energy and focus into what you're doing that day and let it go from there. BJ Ojolari is a rookie and has caught some eyes of his teammates, so he speaks to the media as well. How do you feel after getting a first two sack game? Uh, it feels really good, uh, especially coming out with the win as well, uh, just being able to contribute and uh, just see a great progression going up. Yeah. Do you think your increased playing time is was based on the matchup, or do you feel like you're trending up to, to be getting more, more snaps on a consistent basis? Um, I feel like it was a mixture of both, um, just coming in every day, doing what they asked me to do um, on a consistent basis. Uh, Coach Rob trusting me more and more each and every game. So uh, just being able to go out there and uh, contribute to the team and maximize my opportunities. You mentioned progression. And 
how much of it just overall, but also every, everyone focuses on the sacks, but also had some tackles, tackles for loss, and just in the run game. How much do you think you've improved there? I think I proved uh, very well, especially um, just things with my posture, with my hands, my pad level, uh, working with the guys extra as well. You know, getting out there with Zavin, working on coverage, drops, understanding uh, more intricate things about the back end so I can play fast and more free. What's been the biggest piece of advice Zavin's given you? Um, really um, staying after practice and doing the coverage things. That's really helped me. Uh, just be able to go out there, be more confident in myself, knowing what I'm doing and knowing what I'm doing in the back end. What has it been about the past couple of games? Obviously, you got that first one against the Ravens and then to come back two weeks later and do it again. Have you just kind of felt more comfortable in the system or what's it been? Yeah, definitely just feeling more comfortable out there, uh, playing more free. Uh, Coach Coach Nick comes to me every, every game and just tells me to play free. Don't worry about making no mistakes. And uh, I think that's what I did yesterday. surprising in a lot of key areas, at least stat-wise, and making things happen. Are you guys underrated as a defense, even though you're 2 and uh, I feel like we're a very resilient defense. Um, no matter the circumstance, we're going to play and we're going to fight to the end. Uh, and that's just how we're coached. Uh, that's same with the coach. They're going to coach all the way down to, to the last second. Um, and that's how we play. That's our philosophy, motor and violence for the whole game. Was there a certain amount of series that you were playing before with the snaps that you played, and then yesterday that com completely went like that went up significantly? But was it just uh, what do you think was what was it like kind of managing the increased playing time for you? Um, it was pretty easy making that transition, just being able to have those reps on scout during practice. So uh, I'll definitely um, condition for uh, the increase in reps. But um, Coach Rob, he he let me know ahead of time that I was going to be getting in uh, a little bit more and getting increased reps. And then uh, I think with the situation of the game, uh, just being able to be out there and trusting me to go make plays as well. How much has Coach Rob been a big part of your progress and getting you accustomed to being a complete guy in, in, in the NFL? Yeah, he's been a, a, a huge part to my development. Uh, you know, since I, since I got here, uh, he's been in my ear coaching me very hard. Uh, you know, staying on me, doing the little things, uh, just so I can be able to be that player that um, he thinks I can become. Are you surprised the, the turnovers haven't come as frequently as you practice them? Yeah, it's definitely something that we have to uh, focus on. Uh, it's a big emphasis uh, for us to attack the ball, create more turnovers, get the ball into number one hand so we can have more opportunities to score. How validating is it to have a game like that, just given how you started out with, as you're in your rookie career? Uh, it felt pretty good. Um, you know, just being able to be out there, make plays for the guys, man, um, celebrating with them, them hyping me up, you know, guys led, KY, Zavin, Dennis, guys that, I, you know, I'm a rookie looking up to, uh, you know, telling me a good job. So it's just an amazing feeling to have that kind of uh, validation from them as well the defense now that Kyler's back in terms of, I mean, obviously the Cleveland game was tough for you guys because offensively you guys just weren't going to be able to do much. Now you kind of know that the offense is going to hold up its end. How does that help you guys? Um, I think it's just, you know, it, it takes a lot of pressure off of us. Um, you know, at the same time, we're still the same defense. Um, we're trained to go out there 
and uh, play no matter what up, uh, the circumstance. Um, so we're still going to, you know, execute and perform the game plan to the best of our ability no matter what's going on on the other side of the ball. I think he's doing an amazing job. Uh, you know, he's a great playmaker. He's doing a great job for their team. And uh, I think he's a, doing a great job uh, running the system and their offense. So I definitely got to go look into it, what he does best, you know, how he drops, what, you know, his tendencies and stuff like that. But so far, uh, he's doing an amazing job. What's part of life as a rookie in the NFL for you? Uh, part of life is really just, you know, getting accustomed to the schedule, uh, you know, finding your way, uh, finding your role on the team, uh, and coming in every day and staying consistent uh, to gradually keep progressing. By this stage of the season, are you less a rookie? Are you not having to do these silly tasks that your teammates ask? <laughs> yeah. Uh, right, yeah. Uh, by this time, you know, guys are easing off, um, you know, week 10. You got a, a lot of games under your belt, and guys are not looking at you as a rookie anymore. You know, you're just one of the guys, part of the team, expected to do your job to, at the best of your ability. As a guy in the first year in the league and with Kyler, what, what has been your impressions of being up close and personal, just, just watching what he had to do to get ready, and now, of course, his first game? Yeah, just seeing him rehab uh, very hard each and every day. First one in the facility, last one to leave, doing the extra stuff to see him come out yesterday and put on a performance like he did is, is very, um, you know, gratifying just from coming in as well, having to do rehab, we, we in there in the same time. So to just see him on the field uh, and have that success like he did, it felt very good. It's a small, a small sample size, only one game since he's been back, but how much of a lift do you think that gives the defensive side of the ball too, knowing that you got your guy back from K-1 and hopefully he can help the defense as well if he makes some stops? Yeah, it, it gives a, it gives us a you know extra boost, extra motive, um, knowing that if we can get the ball into a number one's hand, the offense is going to deliver. What's, uh, what were you doing when he had his big scramble yesterday? Were you up on the sideline watching? Were you sitting down resting in case you had to go back in? What what was going on? Yeah, I was on. I was sitting down on the bench, and um, all I see is him just rolling to the left, and then you know he had to spin back. And then you just see him like turn on the Jets, and he's going for like 30, 40. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's number one. <laughs> yeah. In person, as opposed to maybe in the past where you might have watched him on TV, how much different is that? Yeah, it's real different seeing it up and close and personal, because uh, you know on TV it's almost like he's he's making it look like a video game. And when you're when you're in the moment, especially a big time play like that that we needed uh, in a big time situation. Is like it's almost surreal. You, if you were sitting on the bench, were you watching on the screen, or did you, did you have a, a sight line to the field? Yeah, I had a I had a sight line to the field. Yeah. Mm. So you still having conversations with your brother like before games, you know, every day, I guess. I mean, what, what, what was that conversation like after what you did yesterday? Uh, yeah, he was he was happy for me. Uh, my whole family was. He congratulated me and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, we we talk on a consistent basis. Um, you know. Uh, we played, I think we played almost at the same time, so we weren't able to, you know, watch each other. Um, but, yeah, he's always giving me pointers of who tackles I'm going against and uh, vice versa. All right, let's go with uh, offensive coordinator Drew Petzing. Dr. Waiting, how many miles was it like to finally coach Kyler Murray? 
It was exciting. Really pleased with kind of how he handled everything, how the team responded. You know, certainly it was a good step in the right direction. There's plenty of things to clean up, but it was a really good first step. Is there any kind of like, okay, we kind of settled down into a rhythm now, now that all that part is back and him being out on the field once, or do you think you're already kind of in that with him? Yes and no. I think certainly we felt very confident in putting him out there with the rest of the team and what we were going to be able to do. But every week in this league presents a new challenge. So I think it's you got to start over. You got to get back in the lab. You got to make sure you're putting together a good plan. You got to make sure guys are working on improving in their areas. So that focus, I don't think, is going to change as we go through the rest of the year. Now with week two, do you load more into him as far as the offense goes? Or what, I guess what do you look for out of game two from game one? We really didn't hold anything back. I think you saw him do everything that he's done in his career, showed up at a high level, off-schedule plays, making plays with his feet, accuracy and arm strength, uh, really all of it. So we didn't hold a ton back from a scheme standpoint. Don't expect that to change moving forward. What about was from a standpoint of play calling or communication? Was there anything that surprised you that you weren't expecting? Or, you know, I know we were told that he didn't have expectations and JG maybe did. I mean, was there anything that kind of caught you by surprise? In that realm? No, probably not. I think you see who he is in practice, who he is on Sunday, and it's impressive. I mean, a guy does the, plays the game at a really high level, so it was nice to see those things translate, but we have. We've seen him every day since he stepped on the field, so it was encouraging to see those in a competitive, high-stress you know, stress environment to continue to show up. You talked about how he trusted his knee, otherwise he wouldn't be out there. Well, when that first scramble, what, third play of the game, what was going through your it's funny you say that. At no point during the game did it cross my mind, which is funny because I think in here last week, in my mind, it was going to. Like, you were going to think about it a lot more. But once the lights go on and you're calling plays, you're in the flow of the game, it really at no point crossed my mind until maybe somebody mentioned it after the game. You know, that's probably when you think of it. And you know, oh, yeah, he did just come off an ACL. It sure didn't look like it when he was out there. I know JG talked about getting some operational things cleaned up. In that realm, was it – more than an, a normal game? Do you feel like those can get quickly cleaned up as we go here? Yeah, I think some – and, again, some of that was on me. Like, some of that was on me and my communication with him. So, I think certainly the more comfort we have together in terms of communication, play calling, flow of the game, would expect that to continue to improve. It's certainly an area for me that I'm always trying to get better at. So, uh, I don't think that's going to change. And certainly we had a couple, you know, hiccups there during the game. I, we were able to come – overcome most of them. But um, certainly need to limit those going forward, and I think our familiarity with each other helps in that area. Paris had a Paris had a bounce back game in terms of pass protection, especially. What are your thoughts on his development, especially uh, coming back after not having as good of a previous couple games? Yeah, I think you hit on it. He's the type of guy. His process and his work ethic has not changed throughout the entire year. So you know that hey, he's a great player. He plays the game at a high level. It's not always going to be perfect. But I never expect him to stay down after a bad game or a bad performance or a bad rep. I mean, he's the same guy on the sideline no matter what happened the previous drive. And I think you see that week to week in the way that he goes out there and plays on Sunday. What did you see in the week of practice that led to the decision at left guard to go with Carter? I think it's, you know, we've talked about it here. It's we're always going to put the five guys that we feel like give us the best chance to win from a communication and execution standpoint. And certainly Carter did a really nice job during the week and was excited to see him go out there and perform the way he did on Sunday. With all the talk, new offense, new offense for Kyler, what, what do you think has been the biggest adjustment or biggest thing that he's had to get accustomed to with this new offense? Yeah, I think uh, being in the huddle, calling more plays in and out of the huddle, 
uh, certainly a big part of it. It's a new language, and it's kind of it really, and that's kind of the biggest probably transition to him. You know, some of the things that he his brain probably hasn't flipped over completely to like, I want to run this. Is this what it's called here? <laughs> like, that's real. You know, and, and when it's like learning going from English to Spanish or Spanish to Italian, you're you're all saying the same things a lot of times, but remembering exactly how to communicate it in the language you're talking to your teammates, I think at times can be a little tricky. I think he's done a really nice job all off season of embracing that and committing to that and working on play calling, but. I think that's probably the thing that's going to continue to improve the most as he just does it more and more. So thinking, like, the actual play call is much longer than he's ran in the past, and he's always had hand signals and whatnot. How was that process like for him on Sunday, getting the actual play from you to? Good, and, and honestly, very similar to the way it was prior. Like we, we didn't change that process drastically, um, but I thought he did a nice job of getting in and out of the huddle and making sure we were to the line with time and understanding what he needed to do at the line of scrimmage to get us in the right play, and it was good to see. Game obviously, uh, James went down right before the goal line, and, and that that was obviously part of it. When you're calling those plays, is that part of the play call, or is that a different part of? Um, yes and no. It's, it comes in in the same sentence, but it's the communication about the situation, and that is, you know, head coach to me, me to you know the quarterback, and the quarterback to the huddle. So, obviously, in those high leverage situations, being able to stay calm and communicate was good to see because that, that's not always an easy thing to do. So it was, it was, was excited that we were able to execute that uh, the way we needed to. What makes Trey such an effective pass catcher and just what, what really stood out to you in his performance? Yeah, I mean, pass catcher, really, he, uh, to me, he's a complete tight end. I think he's worked really hard over the last couple months to, to be that guy and to put himself in that position. You know, certainly in the pass game, the size, the speed, the length, the hands, you saw it all on display on Sunday. Uh, but really for us, it's, it's something we've seen in terms of the growth of his game in general in all areas, run blocking, pass protection, effort, uh, really pleased with the way he's playing. I think some might have expected or thought he might have been <clears throat> under center more than he was in this game? Is that just a product of how the game went, or do you see that expanding as he plays more? Uh, a little bit of both, and I really have no hesitations with him under center, putting him under center. He does a lot of things really well out of the gun. I think it creates some dynamics for the defense that make it hard on them. So it's more of a week-to-week, -week, hey, who are we playing? What do we feel like lines up the best? Does that put him under center? Does that put him in the gun? It's nothing to whether it's he's good here or better there. I don't think that's really goes into my thought process. You, met, you mentioned Carter and did well during the week. What, what was the thought process, I guess, generally going into the week that this would be a possibility to move him over there and start the game and play? Yeah, I, I mean, I think you saw him play a little bit at the end of the Cleveland game, you know, so certainly was happy with the reps he put forth in that game in a tough situation, tough environment, and then had a number of guys kind of in and out of the lineup, in and out of practice, so you're just shuffling guys around in general to make sure, hey, there's a lot of scenarios going into Sunday that could be happening. Right, depending on who's available. So he was going to get reps at a number of different spots and thought he looked really good during the week. And that kind of was the best fit for everybody else that made it to game day to give us the best chance to win. What was going through your head on that third down scramble towards the end of the game? Uh, probably just like a blank stare and a, and, a, and a little bit of amazement. And then certainly as he started to get the corner, you know, my, honestly, the first thing that as he got, as he got the edge was and I think it was Will was running back towards the line of scrimmage was don't block back because obviously that's a 50-yard penalty. So that immediately crossed my mind. I'm like, oh, no, here comes third and 25. And then when he didn't, when he didn't, I couldn't tell if he got the first down or not. So, like, on the headset from where I was standing, I'm like, someone, did he get the first? Because obviously if he didn't, we're in two minute. It's fourth down. Like, we have to be on the ball. We can't clock it. Right? So it's a big situation. So once he got the first, it, there was definitely just like a moment of a wow. And then like, all right, hey, we got to get on the ball. We got to call the next play and make sure he's ready to go. In a situation like that, when you have a quarterback that is as mobile and can get out of the pocket, 
What do you kind of emphasize so that you don't have those block in the back? I think the biggest thing, and, and it's been a big point of emphasis, is the play is never over. So whether you're used to a play ending at five, you know, not that you have an exact time clock in your head, but I think guys get in the habit of like, all right, hey, I blocked my guy this long, the ball's out, or we moved on, or something's happened. That's never the case anymore. So I think, you know, somebody said we had four plays that lasted longer than 10 seconds. So as a lineman, as a receiver, you have to assume the play is always still going. You have to keep yourself in that mindset of finish your block, continue to get open, work with the quarterback as he scrambles out of the pocket, or sometimes in the pocket. I thought he did a nice job of staying in the pocket at times and extending plays and letting guys work down the field. And that does at times put some stress on the O-line. I thought those guys did a nice job of handling it for the most part, but it's something we're going to continue to emphasize. Is that also the case kind of the holding penalties? Like, like you got to the way he, way he operates, do you guys have to be more aware of when to release and, and kind of all Absolutely. That? I think that's always a struggle with a mobile quarterback, especially someone who can get out of the pocket as effectively and as quickly as he does. It's that kind of, oh, there it goes. Like, it just happens a tick quicker, the play lasts longer, and if you're, you've got your hands in the wrong place or you're not using the proper technique, you can certainly get cold. Without taking away from the other quarterbacks or players that have stepped up last, well, first half of the season, mostly due to injury, when you're looking at tape and evaluating this game, when you've now mostly, with the exception of some offensive line players, mostly healthy. Are you evaluating this play differently of this is what we can really be when we have our starters in at quarterback and running back? Uh, I don't know if I'd say. I think the focus for us when we look at tape is, again, what do we do well and where can we improve? And that's collectively and individually, regardless of who's out there. I think that's the key to being a good team. The na we're not going to be healthy the rest of the year. And that's, I wish we were. It'd be great if we are. Uh, it's not likely. So I think focusing on making sure that everyone's doing their job at a high level, continuing to learn from the reps they're not getting, making sure they're ready for the reps they're going to get, and putting the best 11 out there, I think, has got to be the focus in everything we do, kind of regardless of, hey, we had a good game, we played well, these guys stepped up. Well, next game, we're going to need different guys to step up and other guys to play at a high level. And I think that has to continue to be the focus as you go through the NFL season. Jonathan mentioned yesterday how you come in every week with this big review of basically everything from the game. How, how was that for you, self-scouting and, yeah. and self-aware, obviously, of here's, here's areas that can improve or whatever it might be? That, that's a big part of my process. And as you look at it, like as a coach, it's like, all right, I evaluate the game, the plan, the matchups, everything we did that went into Sunday. Did I do it well? Did, here's where I could have been better. Here's where I didn't do it well enough and why. So that... One, we may play these people again, so we need to have answers there. And then two, if I'm not working to make myself better, I'm not doing exactly what I'm asking the players to do every day they come in the building. So I think it's just a big part of, hey, how can I be better at my job? How can I be more prepared? How can I put them in a better situation? Um, that's a big part of what that sheet is. And certainly I give that to JG. And, I, and honestly, I ask his opinion on it and say, hey, you were on the headset. You were part of the game planning. You were part of the process. Is there anything you saw that you're like, you know, I think we needed a little more here, a little less there. I thought that was really good. Didn't like this as much. And I think those conversations and being to self-evaluate are such a big part of making sure you're getting the best version of yourself. You put down all that all worked, or is the ones that work pretty it hasn't yet. If it ever does, I'll let you know. Um, but no, and I say that to the players too. You know, guys get down on themselves and they miss a player and I say, hey, have you ever had a perfect game and we have nothing to correct? Let me know. Like, we'll be in the Hall of Fame at that point. Like, it's not going to happen. But that's the reality. And that's what you're striving for because the closer you get, the better you're going to be as a player, the better you're going to be as a team. So I think that's the goal. But no, at no point on that sheet is it blank. <laughs> Uh, just look, and I watch a lot of other guys do it. And I, I'm you know, very fortunate to be around some really good coordinators, some really good coaches that I think were very good self-evaluators and very self-aware in terms of their process, in terms of what they were trying to accomplish. So kind of taking a little bit of everybody's and then making it my own to make sure that I understand it and can get the most out of it.
teammate and leader has Kyler been since he's kind of not been back? What guys during the regular season? I think uh, so. Just from kind of week one on, you know, I think it, he's done a really nice job of kind of being, you know, like not the backup quarterback, obviously, but like being in that role of trying to provide advice, trying to help guys with the game plan, trying to give his two cents when it makes sense, um, and staying engaged and being a part of it, which I think helped his transition back on the field. Because a lot of times that's what, like the two is doing that, and the two has to do that, and then the two's playing all of a sudden. And if you're doing that at a high level, you're going to be intertwined with your teammates. You're going to feel like you're a part of it so that when you do step back on the field, it's not like day one. It's like, hey, I've been doing this. I've been a part of this. Um, I think it's been fun to see. I think he's gotten a lot out of it. I know it's hard when you're like, God, I want to be out there, and I know I can be out there, and I'm close. Uh, but I thought he did a really nice job of that because that's not always an easy role. What's his presence like in the locker room? Does he have that cachet of, the number one quarterback that you've maybe seen throughout your career? Yeah, I think he certainly does. Just in terms of the way he carries himself, the way he interacts with his teammates, you know, certainly the way he plays on the field. I mean, you saw his energy and his passion there, you know, throughout the game. I think guys feed off that. You know, you know, there's the line. Players like good players. And he's a phenomenal player, but he's also a great teammate. He's there to pick guys up. He's there to put his arm around them. Um, so it's, it's been fun. As long as I've been here, I think he's done a really nice job of that. From a teaching standpoint, is there a difference between player development between rookies and veterans and what's what's the message to the veterans in terms of making them better in terms of play honestly the message is it's pretty much the same and it, it talks back to the sheet it's where have you done things well where are your deficiencies and how do we work on those you know like you look at a guy like Calvin Beecham I mean he's been in the league how many years and you know two weeks ago came up and said hey what you know where are my areas what are the one or two things that I can be better and I said hey it's going to be this and this and if you can improve in this area you're going to go out and play at a, at a higher level in this offense you know and he took that to heart and you can see him pre-practice during practice working on that specific area to say hey if I really do this I can take my game just just a little bit further and I think that really from the day you enter the league until the day you retire I don't think that mindset really changes Bush wasn't the first time we've seen Clayton go in for a play. To use your backup quarterback in that type of role, is that something you learned along from some coach to get here, or you just kind of envisioned that role for him when you started working with him this offseason? A little bit of everything. I think it, some of it's just from watching other people around the league. Some of it's making sure that you're using all – everybody who's got a jersey on Sunday can help us win a football game. And so whatever they do to, to provide that I think is really important. And certainly for Clayton, that was in that role on Sunday, which was great to see. And he went out and executed, which was awesome. Um, but that's true of everybody who's dressed. they got to be ready. They all have a role. And they got to be ready to go out and execute. Jake, you said that Clayton bounced back really well during the practice week. What did you see from – what did you see in his response, really? And I think it was something we talked about right after the game. He was the same guy. Walked out on the field on Wednesday, ready to go, motivated, excited to play football. You know, arguably had one of his best weeks of practice since we've been here. So really encouraging for us as a staff, as a team. Like, hey, wasn't our best game, wasn't his best game. But he's got things to improve on. He's going to come out with a lot of energy and go get better. And I think he did that last week. Do you see that as a good role for him, too, what he did on Sunday? Certainly because of his size, and especially on that, those really close yardage to go. Yeah, and again, we're going to use him in a lot of different situations depending on what the game, how the game plays out. So, got to keep people on their toes on that one. Next, we'll go with uh, defensive coordinator Nick Rollis. When it comes to BJ, the last couple of weeks he seems to have taken the next step. What have you seen out of just his growth recently? Yeah, I think every area of his game is slowly improving throughout the year. This past game he did, I thought it was his most complete game as far as obviously everyone saw the sacks. He rushed well, um, but in other aspects in coverage, he did a really good job. And 
you know, without really diving into his details of what that was on the tape, you know, you didn't necessarily see it on the television, but he did a good job of um, getting on the right matches and, and smothering his coverage. He did really good in the run game. You know, that's a really good run offense. We just played with some um, good offensive tackles, and I thought he did a good job setting the edges in the run game. So complete game, that was exciting. He's got to continue to build on that, improve on that. He said yesterday before every game you come up to him and you say play free what does playing free really look like um yeah i talk about that a lot with with the entire defense to me that starts with day one when we put everything in it's rules not memorization and you never want guys to be out there trying to be perfect with whatever that is fits matches all that stuff as far as um, memorizing this is how this fits versus this. I'd rather them, hey, let's, let me go apply my rules so I can go out there and play free and problem solve. And I think what you get with playing free is you get a more violent group um, and you get a group that really just flies around and attacks football. So, um, you know, that's one thing because I know I always say that to BJ specifically because I know he's a little bit of a perfectionist and I want him to just – let it go, you know, a, a minus is, is it okay, you know, but I, but a, a fast, violent player, that's going to help win us the game. So, um, yeah, that's why I always kind of remind him in his head, go play free. Um, the, uh, with his increased snaps, I mean, is that something he's been trending towards? Was that a one-off because of the matchup? Like, do you, do you see him continuing to be in that role? Where he's getting yeah, you know, I, I think um, – Obviously, he kind of had a slower start to the season, being injured and missing most of off-season program and training camp. So we've been slowly building him to that point. But it kind of goes into, you know, we carry a lot of outside linebackers on game day, and you really want a rotation of all those guys. Um, you know, I've, I feel great with all those guys going in there and, and getting their touches. And you really want to come away from those games relatively equal um, in those snap, uh, with their snaps, depending on the game too, obviously, right? And um, you might go into the game with a certain plan and certain things in the game dictated it to where one, some guys got more than the others. But um, I would expect all those guys to be very much, you know, kind of equal, equal amount in the mix um, with a week-to-week -week variation of certain roles changing uh, depending on the opponent or depending on how they've been playing a certain way. Um, but yeah, you want to keep that room relatively fresh. If, you, if you've got a guy in here, just throwing a name out there, uh, Hassan Reddick, for instance, <laughs> does that change how you guys look at that rotation? Like if you get an upper echelon type rusher? Yeah, you know, I think overall in the front, you want to keep those guys fresh. It's playing in the trenches is not something you can play every snap. It's really don't even want to be playing 80% of those snaps. You want those guys to be knocking the line of scrimmage back. You want those guys to be rushing fresh. So, um, yeah, no matter what, I think you want to keep that, keep those rotations. How much does it help when a guy like BJ, who's getting more snaps, getting more in a rhythm and having them more opportunities? To yeah, play? there's definitely rhythm to playing. Um, I think certain positions maybe require more rhythm than others. Um, I don't think that it, rhythm has ever been an issue for the, those guys up front rotating. I think you definitely want them to all kind of get some kind of rhythm early on because I think once you get those pads cracking at your initial plays, as long as you're not 
out for an extended period of time, you're gonna those guys will have no problem finding their rhythm when they get in there. How much has his run defense improved? BJ he had eight tackles in the game. Has BJ's run defense improved? Yeah, it's gotten. I wouldn't say that was his knock, but it, he's improved in that area. Um, I was pleased with his pad level and his leg drive on contact. And you know, BJ's very naturally gifted. He's got very long arms, so when he gets extension, he gets underneath people. He's able to play his gap, peek, find the ball, shed, and, and get off and make plays. So um, yeah, he's going to continue improving that run run area as well. When it comes to DPI and how each crew calls it. What are the keys that you are working on in practice with your players when it seems like each crew calls it a little different? Yeah, I mean, we can control we can control. There's nothing you can do about um, penalties or pass interference. I think the key is that you play with good technique. Um, the better technique you play with, the less chance you get a DPI or a defensive holding. So we don't necessarily focus on penalties or avoiding penalties, but if you play with good technique, a lot of times you're going to be clean throughout the down. So that's really more of our, our focus when it comes to our preparation process. The second half adjustments, um, you know, Atlanta had like negative two yards in that third quarter. You know, they ran it 41 times through just 21. But in the second, at halftime, was there a certain approach, you know, or adjustment you made? Um, yeah, there was a few adjustments. Um, I would say that call sheet got a little scribbled on maybe more than most games because, you know, hats off to them. They're a hard team to prepare for. And no matter what you think you want to do going into the game, you're going to have to be able to adjust because they're, they're able to create things that they're probably getting to the same concepts that they know. And it's simple execution for their guys. But to you, it feels like there's a lot going on. And um, so we had to make a few adjustments, um, you know, kind of in all aspects of the game plan. And players did a really good job of going out there and executing it. And, you know, we did a good job in that third quarter. Talking about BJ, uh, is the player development side for you and the staff, is that kind of a fun part? And I guess, is there a difference between how you do that with rookies and veterans? Um, I wouldn't say there's a difference with how you do it with rookies and veterans. But yeah, that is, to me, that's, I, mean, I guess every coach is different. But that is ultimately why you get into this profession is to improve the player, right? And try to get the player to hit their ceiling. So the player development is critical. And it can get overlooked at times once you get going during the season. Um, it's easy to say, okay, here we go. Here's this next week. This is the opponent, the opponent, the opponent. And you're so lasered in on what's the schematic stuff that we have to do against this team coming up. And you forget about the development of your own team. And that's ultimately what's going to win games. It's those players that are improving their execution of your scheme, the players that are improving their technique. And so I actually hit it on it. I'm, I'm happy you asked that question. I hit on it with my staff uh, yesterday of, hey, you know, we got, you know, two months left in the regular season here. We need to really hone in on and even go the extra mile to how can we continue to get our guys better and be there to serve our players with whatever they need to continue to improve their game. Because ultimately, whatever we do schematically, that's going to you know, swing it one way or the other, whether or not it's a good scheme slightly. But ultimately, what the most important thing is that the players are playing their game at a high level. And we're putting them in position to do so. So that's a critical piece. Veteran, rookie, doesn't matter. It can look different by guy. Um, certain aspects of their game that they need to improve on, then you may need to work on those. And whether that's you know out on the practice field stuff or in the meeting room, whatever that is, each guy might require a little bit of different 
what they need to work on, how they need to improve their learning process, anything like that. But that is something that we take very serious and we make sure that we lock in on at all points in the year, not just in the off season. How do you get guys better when you are in that kind of rinse, wash, repeat routine of the season preparing for teams, and then you only have so much individual time? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think, you know, starting in the meeting room, you have to be very cognizant of continuing to talk about the things that you want that de the defense to look like. Whether that's as a defense as a whole, we talk about playing with motor and violence, we talk about taking the ball away, or if it's the details of each position's fundamentals or execution of the scheme, you have to hammer it home in the meeting room as, as easy as it is to let that slip and be like, yeah, of course you know that. We talked about that to nauseum and during training camp, but those details can't slip in the meeting room. And so you got to hammer them home in the meeting room. They got to they got to get hammered home on the practice field. The individual has to continue to improve the player. And then once you get into the practice, that stuff has to show up when you're going team periods and seven on seven periods. So, I mean, it's it's a continuous conscious effort to be obsessed with those details. I think is is the key in every aspect of the preparation throughout the day. Are you with Stroud? And if you didn't yes. know he was a rookie, watching him, would you not think he was a rookie? Yeah, no, he is. The he deserves to be in that MVP race. I know that kind of hit recently. Of you know, CJ Stroud has entered that, and he deserves to be because he is playing at a very high level. And you can see this guy is going to be a really good player um, for a long time in this league. Just his ability to put the ball accurately where it needs to be continuously. Um, he's got great arm strength. He can get the ball out on time. If it's not there, he knows how to get to his check down. He knows when it's time to throw it away. He doesn't put the ball at harm's risk. If he needs to escape and improvise, he can do that. And he can still keep his eyes down the field and, and make plays. So he doesn't look anything like a rookie quarterback. He looks like a, a veteran that knows where he wants to go with the football. Um, and when he and when he knows where he wants to go with the football, he puts it right on the money. And there's a reason that they're top of the league in explosive passes. Um, it's because he knows where to go with the football. They're doing a great job of scheming people open, and he's putting it there. And they're also top in the league in yards after catch. And that's you know you know attribute that to his accuracy throwing the football because whether it's an intermediate pass or they are taking a shot down the field. He's hitting guys in stride, and it's turning big plays into you know touchdown, huge plays. So um, very impressed. Uh, obviously, before the, the I turned on the tape, I was just kind of hearing the noise, but it's real. Um, he's a really good player. Who are some of those other guys you're saying? I guess what you're saying is there's a lot. They have a lot of different guys. Their skill. Absolutely. They got. Well, I think. I think I think what's so what's so um, great about what their offense right now is that they're so spread out with their skill players. They're deep, um, you know. Both running backs, Pierce. Now that is a he is a violent runner. Um, I'm a fan of the way he runs the football, except for when he's got to go against us. But you better make sure you get population of the ball. And then you know, Singletary's obviously he he had a great game um, last week. He can make people miss, and he can create explosive runs off of that. And then I think. Like I've, you know, Nico Collins is just continuing to climb up in his career. He's a he's a really good X receiver. Um, he can win on the backside, and then 
Tank Dell is is an explosive explosive player. So um, they got a they got a good player in that, and then it continues to go on. Like Dalton Schultz, established tight end in this league. Um, Mechie, it's, it's good to see him back and playing, you know, and he's a, he's a really good receiver. Um, Noah Brown is is producing right now, and he produced when he was in Dallas too. But you're really seeing him continue to improve his game too. So they're deep. They do a great job of Bobby Sloak is doing a tremendous job of running a really good system and putting his own spin on it. Um, they're doing a great job of scheming guys open, and then Stroud is also doing a great job of putting the ball where it needs to go, and, and those skill guys get the ball in their hand, and they're dangerous. So there's a reason they're clicking right now on offense. Do you ask Eric Johnson, knowing how he blocked for him at Ohio State, do you go across to the offensive side of the meeting room and say to him, what are some of the tendencies that might not pop on film? Yeah, you know, you always use, there's, there's connections throughout the whole building. So whether that's coaches or players, you definitely try to steal those things throughout the week. Um, that's a good one with Paris, obviously. Hey, Paris, let me know what, what, what bothers CJ here. Help me out here. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's something you want to do week to week. I think it probably happens around the NFL a lot. There's so much carryover. I think every game you probably have people on the other team that there's connections within the building to those people, and you try to gather as much of that information as you can if it'll help you. What a fantastic uh, last question. And hopefully it helps. We'll go on to Jeff Rogers next. When you're getting to that end of game situation and you know that the team is essentially playing for the field goal so that the time runs out, like, do you get any nerves there knowing that it's all going to be resting on that one play because that's kind of how it's setting up? We try not to. I mean, there's a human element to all the things that can happen there. Um, you know, it, it worked out. Guys performed how, uh, how we hoped they would, but it, it can get interesting at times. Fortune's return, I mean, what were you thinking at that point when he bounced off that block? Yeah, well, I was actually, my eyes were somewhere else. Um, a lot of times during those plays, I'm not following the ball, right? So like you're looking at blocks or how they play that one, or um, you're trying to gain as, as much information as you can. Um, yeah, really, my thought process was, it's about a week ago, about now, um, he texted me and said, can we put in this return? Um, he saw something on tape and, um, you know, generally speaking, when a guy's like, hey, I see this, you know, can we put it in? And uh, we weren't quite done with the game plan, you know, at that point and just kind of flipped some stuff around. And um, But, yeah, he, he had the right idea and it was a good play for us. How often are the players looking at the opposing special teams tapes and texting you saying, hey, this is something that we should implement? It happens usually on a weekly basis in some aspect of it. Maybe it's a return. Maybe it's how um, you know somebody on a, on a rush team wants to attack a block. Um, sometimes it's – I mean, I've, I've gotten some wild suggestions over the, over the years. Um, so you don't – implement them all but um, you know the good thing is that you know guys are doing their preparation stuff and um, you know when they're invested like that generally speaking you're going to get better results at the end of the game so that it was set up that way for the kick for the for the field goal to be left instead of down the middle is that, that that's where Matt likes it uh it, it can that can vary from game to game um, we're indoors there right so like the weather 
isn't going to factor in. Um, the surface, whether it's turf or it's grass, is it late in the year? Um, you know, there's that one corner in Kansas City that doesn't see sun from like November to to March. Um, all of those things kind of factor in, but um, it was 2010. John Casey told me, he was a kicker in Carolina at the time, he said 90% or 95% of my kicks always have been from a hash. So I don't ever want to kick from the middle in a musket situation. So um, that's the attitude that a lot of guys have, you know, just because it's more common. Um, you know, it changed, that started to kind of show itself when the extra point moved back. You know, do you put on the left hash, you put on the right hash. There's games I've been in where, um, you know, he'll say either hash, and we might have had two injuries on one side of our field goal team, and it's like, okay, let's put it over there because those guys have a better chance of executing because they've had more reps. So, um, you know, that was the idea on that one. But Matt's going to kick it from wherever, um, you know, in that tight. Uh, you know, I'm sure he would have been fine with wherever it went. There has to be a, a certain amount of comfort knowing that you guys, when you're getting the ball back with two and a half minutes, a game-winning drive. I mean, obviously you went a lot further, but you only had to go so far knowing that Matt has got such great range. Yeah. I, I would assume there's a certain comfort there. It's better than the alternative. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, offensively you're trying to get to a certain spot. And, Within, you know, within a drive at the end of a game, there is the first line is would we even attempt it? Okay, so you f figure out where that's at. The next line becomes where do you feel like he's definitely got the leg for it? And then, um, you know, other than that, you know, how those things factor in because I think the the line to gain on one of those was like the the plus forty eight or um, you know if it gets to fourth and two from the fifty. Now what happens? Sure, I've seen them hit from 70, but at the same time, it's like it's fourth and two, and there's, there's clock left. So there's a lot of factors that go into it. What was it like? I'm not sure. We never found out. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ask them? Like, yes, we have those conversations. <laughs> yeah. you, you mentioned often about kickers or whatever it is, how they'll go from team to team, get an opportunity here, an opportunity there. and guy coming in this week that you'll be facing obviously had the opportunity here and it didn't go well. And then it went great for him Sunday. When you see that for a guy you only do for a couple of weeks, what is that? You know, how do you feel about that? Well, I think all players improve from their experiences. And, um, you know, he, speaking of Matt, he goes in there, right, and he has a good first game, um, hits the game winner. Um, you know, he's building on that experience with us from a year ago where he comes in midseason and, um, and has an opportunity there. So, you know, he's, he is very, very talented, you know, and obviously had the uh, good results this past week and, um, you know, look forward to playing against him. Along those lines, how difficult is it sometimes when you know you're looking for a kicker? You get three, four guys in, whatever, sure. pick the one who does the best. But you still never know what's going to happen on game day. You never know what's going to happen on game day. And, you know, I've been a part of workouts in the past where, um, you know, are you just looking at the workout? You know, and, and if you do, you're kind of not taking into consideration whatever the profile is. Like, what's the background? Um, are you playing in weather? Are you playing inside? Is, is there familiarity with the stadium? There's a ton of factors. 
I don't think you can always just go off of a workout, but um, you know it, it has to be the most recent information that you got, you know, because you're seeing it live. So it, it certainly weighs in. Like surely, that end of the game situation is really so much different than than the rest of the game. How will a guy react to that when he maybe hasn't done it before? You you just don't know. I mean, until you see and experience those things, it's hard to um, to know for sure how it's going to go. Very cool to have uh, a moment like that, like uh, for Greg Dortch to be able to say, "Hey, coach, I see something. I saw it on film. Facing this team, um, their film, their film, our film, and this is what I want to do." And and then for that to be heard and it worked because that was a fantastic return that set up a uh, great score and. Uh, you know what else can you want, and that's that's what you want with these these players. Um, one of the big things I've been talking about, and and um, you might have heard it from from some others, is just the maturity that Kyler Murray has been showing has been fantastic. It's a newfound maturity, if you will. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, Bickley Blast. It wasn't the 33 rushing yards that made Kyler Murray's return so momentous. It was the three magic words. It was the three words he uttered in the post-game press conference when asked about the miscommunication with Trey McBride that resulted in a costly interception. He said, and I quote, it's my fault. Those three words completed a promising victory and a great juxtaposition on Sunday where Murray's athleticism was an unexpected return to normal, almost like nothing ever went snap in his knee. And in the game's defining play, he covered 68 yards on a scramble that led to a 13-yard gain running faster than he has in years, and nobody expected that. But it was also a game that proved Murray's newfound maturity and leadership are actually very real and not just hopeful talking points. He was in total control of his emotions, which is saying something given that Sunday represented the culmination of an 11-month journey back from serious injury. And then, without hesitation, he did what all real franchise quarterbacks do. He took the blame. He covered for a teammate. He pointed the finger at himself and in doing so, he ushered in the second act of his career and a new beginning for the rest of us. All right, today's Bickley Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW who make luxury attainable. Find them online at chapmanbmw.com. That's what I, you know, is miscommunication, uh, something we haven't worked. Uh, cover two, I, you know, the middle of the field's uh, vacated. It was, uh, you know, I felt like he could have sat down, but that's not something that we had, we had practiced or worked on. Um, so he was right to keep running, you know, so uh, my fault. It's my fault. My it fault. Is. It's my fault. Came out easy. Not forced. Not like somebody, hey, say it was your fault. It'll help you out. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and so that's the kind of stuff that really led me uh, to feel really good about this. Tim. A couple days ago when Kyler talked about he was training himself to be emotionless. And I'm like, okay. This is a guy that's kind of really kind of getting his arms around what this is and how he has to approach it. 
And he did it, Vinny. I was just that was more impressive than anything. And and what were those stats you had, and how fast he was running on that scramble? Uh, Twenty point one seven miles per hour, which was his fastest clocked time by Next Gen stats since twenty twenty one, late in the twenty twenty one season. So that wow. was pre injury, obviously. Wow. Yeah, he covered almost seventy yards of ground on that scramble. That's mm-hmm. wild. On a 13-yard game. Isn't it nuts? <laughs> and it, his scrambles look different than other people like Lamar Jackson, for example, because of the way Kyler runs. Yeah. The, the, as you always say, the whoop, 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 whoop. Mm-hmm. It, it, it just feels more like frantic. It does. And, and quicker. Because the, he's not a strider. He's a smaller guy. The steps yeah. are a lot shorter, so the legs are moving a lot faster, and it does look frantic. That's a great way to put it. But... Man, again, another tremendous play. Here was Jonathan Gannon again talking about Kyler's poise after the game. That's how he is. Yeah, that's how he is. He doesn't ride the emotional roller coaster, which I love. I try not to. I'm probably a little more emotional than he is. He believes that if you give him the ball, he's going to win the game. So there it is. I got a kick out of that there quote. It is. Um, yeah. That Jonathan Gannon saying he probably rides the emotional roller coaster less than I do. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. I haven't seen anything resembling an emotional roller coaster with Jonathan Gannon. I mean, you go back to the first game when they beat the Cowboys. He was very, very against even celebrating that mm-hmm. win, just mm-hmm. kind of, you know, glazed over it. Hopefully yeah. there's a lot more. Yesterday, the camera was on him. Anytime the camera fixes itself on Jonathan Gannon during the game, could be going well, could be going bad. He's got the same demeanor, uh-huh. arms crossed on his chest, yep. listening, not yeah. a whole lot of talking. Mm-hmm. After Prater made the field goal yesterday, the cameras went to Jonathan Gannon, didn't even pump a fist, watched it go through the uprights, and immediately ran to midfield to meet Arthur Smith yeah. for, for a yeah. post-game handshake. Uh, listen, I admired. I I, I, too. I received a text from somebody yesterday about midway through the game. Won't this Gannon guy do something more than have his arms crossed? Won't he show some fire? No. This is what he is doing, and I think it's very smart that he's doing this. The last guy was out of his mind in terms of just not just ah, ah, ooh, ah, time out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but but listen, Jonathan Gannon. What I admire is this: like Cliff Clingsbury, Jonathan Gannon knew and probably still does know that okay, maybe maybe this wasn't fair, maybe. Maybe I'm a little too young for this. Maybe this wasn't exactly the, you know, prototypical way you get a head coaching job in the NFL, right? But but I think he, he really and he's he's got a quote that says something to the extent of this is my one shot. I know that this is my one shot and and I and I've got to do this the right way. I've got to do it my way. And so he's created what I think is a, a persona and that is exactly that. No reaction. And and I I think it's I think it's a smart thing to do. Now as this season goes on, it'll be interesting to see how he figures out how to utilize Kyler and all his gifts, which is something that Cliff Kingsbury never really did. We talked about so much that every spectacular play Kyler made yeah. was improvisational. Was when a play broke down. It wasn't something that was designed. Yeah, yes. And it, uh, that was a little bit yesterday too. But as the season goes on and they get comfortable with each other and the system, that's not his job. That's Drew Petzing's job. Jonathan Gannon. Gannon is not involved in offense. I mean the Jonathan Gannon coaching staff. Okay, this, the, this the new regime. staff. Got yeah, it, okay. the new regime. Yeah. All right. But to to that point, there's a difference between honing and relying on. 
Cliff Kingsbury's entire offense relied on Kyler Murray's gifts. Yeah. That's when they had success. Uh-huh. Is what Kyler Kyler was being superhuman. There was nothing of substance in terms of how that offense was structured no. for any quarterback to succeed that didn't have those gifts. We we found that well, out. Well, and and like I said yesterday in, in covering or not yesterday, like I said earlier about yesterday, um uh, Kyler Murray's interception was a bad moment in the game for him. Um, I was charting, as was most people, the amount of shotgun versus under center. And after a while, I just stopped because it was 85% shotgun. And you realized, okay, that's just the way it's going to be because that's how comfortable he is. Well, the times under center, you could tell they were building up to the big play action reveal. And uh-huh. that was that was the play, and it didn't work. And it didn't work for who knows whatever reasons, but whatever. My, my it point was Kyler's it, fault. Right, that's my fault. Right, that's exactly whose fault it is, Vinny. That's exactly whose fault it is. The guy who's making two hundred and thirty million bucks. Your fault. Yes. On the under center thing, though, it was also interesting that they twice brought in Clayton Tune for the tush push move mm-hmm. instead of you know having Kyler. And, yeah, do and that. I'm sure Kyler's not a fan of that because again, it, it you're giving up your numbers, you know, and and you're giving up your touchdowns, and and it's not really fair. But at the but, same time, it's smart. You don't want him at the bottom of that. But even if there wasn't any injury involved, this tush-push play becomes in vogue in the NFL. Are you going to – I mean, are the Carolina Panthers – I haven't I haven't watched a lot of Panthers football. I'm not, a, I'm not that big of a glutton. Are the Panthers going to rely on Bryce Young to push the pile in a tush-push play? He's smaller in stature than, than Kyler Murray yeah. is. It just, I, I just think there's a, there's a physics element to it, you know? Yeah. That extra 20, 30 pounds makes yeah. a difference. It does make a difference. And it works like both that. times. It they does make it a difference. And then after a while, Clayton Toon's going to be like, really, that's all I am? A piñata for you people? You know who they need to get back? <laughs> you know who's perfect know, for the tush push play? It's Chris, Chris Strebler. The the right. <laughs> What's he doing? Um... Just looking at that um, USFL, yeah. XFL. <laughs> text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Of course, that's always open. The uh, Streveler the Leveler. Uh, he would be an interesting person to have in this offense. When they first, uh, and, you know, I know we're, you know, we're still on this season and whatnot, but when they, you know, when they first, uh, um, got him. The idea was for him to kind of be like a, um, a who was that they were going to try to be like. Um, man, I'm I'm drawing a blank. And w- when they when they thought that he could, I was like, oh yeah, you've you've got to do this. Uh, a a uh, Taysom Hill. Um, I don't know what New Orleans is is doing. You know, with with a Taysom Hill that no one else can. I I I I don't understand that at all. But he he is a fantastic uh, utility player. I mean, everything on the offense he they use him for except for the offensive line. He'll he'll run the ball like a running back. He'll go out for a pass like a tight end or a wide receiver. He'll throw the pass. It's it's insane what they uh, do with him. And 
Um, I was really hoping that uh, Straveler could could be that for the Cardinals, and I don't know if they he can't or they just never tried or or what. But anyway, yeah, he would be great for a tush push. That's for sure. He he's he's built big enough and strong enough. He he would definitely hold up. Um, but yeah, uh, notice that the first thing that in in these videos, majority of these clips that I play. Um, 99% of them I don't listen to before I do the show. Um, I trust the content is going to be solid and entertaining enough and I don't, but notice that, 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 uh, Bickley said the same thing I said as far as Kyler taking ownership and that's the same point. I just, I love when that happens because I feel like it's validating my, my, my thought anyway. Um, Kyler had a great game, a very solid game back. Um, and one of the conversation is, could it have a domino effect for the rest of the season? We were both so excited about, we had a lot to talk about yesterday, right? We were talking about Kyler's return. We were talking about the Cardinals win against Atlanta. We were talking about the Suns and their fourth quarter failures, both against the Lakers in Oklahoma City. Then Ray Anderson got let go, quit, resigned, fired, whatever it was. Um, we had a busy, busy day yesterday. At no point during yesterday's show, not one time, did we talk about Kyler's return in the context of, hey, what does this mean for draft positioning? Hey, what does this mean for where they're picking? Hey, what does this mean for, you know, what, what, what does this mean for Caleb? We, we were, and I think that's a good thing, to be honest with you. I think it's good that we were so distracted by the win and how well he played and how yeah. good they looked that at no point, now I'm not saying the other shows, and I don't know if the other shows did the same thing or not. I'm just saying us here, we were so distracted by the game and the performance we never once had a conversation about, hey, what does it mean? What are they going to do? Who are they going to pick? How does, you know, none of that stuff. Kyler Murray's a good quarterback, and we all kind of agreed going through this that the best scenario is that he plays well because it gives you the options to either keep him or trade him. He plays well as the best option. Now, he can play well enough to play you out of the first two picks, which he absolutely did last week. Yes. He played well enough to win you a football game against the Atlanta Falcons that knocked you out of the first two picks. So it becomes a very moot point unless you're in love with the third quarterback, you know, who right now is it Shador Sanders? I don't know who the third quarterback is, but um, it, unless there's another guy that you love more than Kyle. But if Kyler plays really well, it, you know, Doug Haller pointed out in The Athletic, it's it's better for the timeline. You're Monty Austin for it, and you're armed with all these draft picks, and you've got two in the first round that you can address issues with you know, maybe you get a cornerback. They need a cornerback. They need they a defensive do. lineman. They need a wide receiver. They need a running back. They need another offensive lineman. They need another offensive lineman. You know, if you could, if Kyler's good enough and you believe that this is the guy, then it's a lot easier. Your, your rebuild is going to be easier. They, they, listen, here's the reality. They could be a playoff contender next year if he plays well this year and they're able to go out there and not only draft well, but then spend some free agent money Amen. on players that could come in at, at positions that they feel like they're not deep enough Amen at. Amen to that. Um, according to tankathon.com, uh, right now, season ends today, the Arizona Cardinals have the fourth and 20th pick in the draft. The 20th, obviously, from Houston. 
That's the that's in the twenties, by the way. The twentieth pick. Wow. We thought that pick was going to be top five. It's twenty. Well, right go now. go look at all the projections before the season started. That was projected to be the second pick in the yes, draft. Yes, it was. It was. Um, right now, it's Carolina, Chicago one, the New York Giants two, the New England Patriots three, the Cardinals four, the Chicago Bears with their own pick number five. Now. Um, among all the stuff that we read and all the stuff that we saw about Kyler Murray, I read something today on USA Today's website that kind of suggested that Kyler Kyler Murray's performance basically can be a tone setter for not one, not two, but three different organizations in the NFL. The Patriots, mm-hmm. the Giants, and the Bears, who will all be very closely watching to see how does Kyler Murray play, how well does he do, how many games do the Cardinals win, because there's we talked about this a little bit last week. We're basically at the midway point of the NFL season. If you're going to tank, now's kind of the time to start doing it. And for New England and Chicago and certainly the Giants, there is a ton of incentive to not win a single game the rest of the year to get yourself into those sweepstakes. And they'll all be watching to see if the Cardinals basically play their way out of that conversation. If Kyler Murray plays the Cardinals right out of the conversation right. for a quarterback in this draft. There was a way we were looking at. Another way we were looking at it last week was what if we looked at the top 10 teams and said, man, outside of Will Levis, like every team that was in the top 10 at that time was going to look at a quarterback. And the teams that weren't going to get one or two, if Kyler played well, good but not great, maybe those teams would trade for Kyler Murray. That might be off the table if he continues to play the way he did. Now, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm not going to get too high or too low from one game. Played really well in that first game. Really well. Very yep. encouraged. I can't yep. wait to see him play again. If he continues that, then that's off the table. There is no tr- – you're not trading. If you're if you're the seventh, eighth, or ninth team in the draft and you need a quarterback, you're not going to be able to trade for Kyler Murray. It's not going to happen. So that, comes, that becomes off the table. So then you really focus on the teams that are really bad, the Patriots, the Giants, the, you know, you know, the Bears and – uh, and you become, you start you start to look at what they're going to do, and you look at the top two picks, and they're, they're going to be Caleb Williams and Drake May, and you, you figure out, what do I need to do to get into that top two? The Giants and the Patriots. Like, if you're the Bears right now, you're sitting pretty. You're sitting oh, yeah. pretty. You're sitting great. Carolina's freaking terrible. They're terrible. Like, they're really bad. Now, they have no incentive to lose. None. Their incentive is to win, but they're so bad, they can't win. Mm-hmm. Like, they're so bad. Like, they have no incentive to – like, the Texans, they have no incentive to win. Yeah. Because, you know, well, they have no incentive to lose. They have no incentive to lose because the Cardinals have their pick. Yeah. Well, but that, they're uh, good enough to win. It was because the equation's now totally changed in Houston. They're thinking about a playoff yeah. spot. They've got Jacksonville coming in. Carolina's got weeks. no incentive to lose, but they're so bad, they, you know, they can't win football games. I, I mean, look, all these teams, the Giants, the Giants have one more year of guaranteed money with Daniel Jones. They can get off that contract if they want. If they want to draft a quarterback, they can. I think the fascinating one is New England, Okay. Let's say the New England Patriots end up with the number one pick in the draft, and you're Robert Kraft. Do you want Bill Belichick making that choice? I I think for a long time there was always the, is it Belichick or is it Brady? And then as we've seen the struggle, Brady won a Super Bowl without Bill, and then Bill hasn't been able to have success without Brady. And I think more importantly is the Belichick coaching tree. All of these coaches that were under Belichick have gone and failed. Yeah, like a ton of them. I, I think I think you got to start thinking that like it was a lot more Brady than it was Bill. Well, I, I, and I think if I'm Robert Kraft, I'm th- I'm thinking to myself, 
I don't know how much longer Bill Belichick's going to be my coach. And if I think that Bill Belichick's not going to be my coach that much longer, I'm not going to let him choose who the franchise quarterback is going to be. I'm not going to let him I'm not going to let him dictate who the number 1 overall player is cuz Bill might want to trade it, he might want to move down, he might, you know, all of those things. I, I that is maybe the most fascinating off-season dynamic to watch when we get there in the He'd NFL. He'd be 72 years old next year. He's he's not going to be there much longer. At the way things are going with the way they're playing, I I either he's going to quote unquote retire or he's actually going to retire or he's going to be nudged out to do something. I think at some point it's something doesn't change very very quickly. I don't think Bill Belichick's going to be there much longer, especially if the Patriots end up with the number 1 pick, but the Cardinals, the Cardinals have made it abundantly clear through the way they've played and the way they've handled the Kyler Murray situation. They are not in that game. They are not in the New England, Chicago, New York Giants game of, hey, let's get the best draft pick we possibly can. Well, if they the, never were. If the Cardinals play their way out of it, so be it. They play their way out I of it. I remember before the season started, man, every, uh, every, NF, every radio hit that I did with – NFL radio and uh, WFAN in New York and ESPN radio. And they all, the, Card- the Cardinals are tanking, right? No, they're not tanking. Yeah. They're, they're trying to rebuild the right way, but they're not tanking. I still think they're tanking, but that's that's all right. That's that's me. I want to throw in an, an, another uh, team, and, and I'm not – okay, and I want to preface this by saying that I don't think they're going to be like – in a Caleb Williams sweepstakes. And who knows if it's even Caleb Williams now because he's he's not playing very, very good. But this draft for quarterback it is um is a really good one. Several to choose from. I'm not gonna try to go through the list. Like obviously again I <laughs> I preface by saying Caleb Williams is is, is the premier guy, maybe not as premier as he was, but he he's one of them. Um, I want to throw out an interesting team, and again, not like you know, not real high pick. Um, but maybe maybe within the first, I'm gonna go ahead and and say first round, maybe. And, and and I don't know if they'll trade up or or what, but I'm gonna say the Cowboys. And like people are freaking out right now. Like, what what are you talking about? Let me see if I can talk you into this. And it it gonna be rough because I you know I don't I don't know uh, Dak's uh, uh, contract situation. I don't know if. Um, Jerry Jones really cares, to be honest. So that that's part of it. But the reason why I say the Cowboys might throw everybody off and draft a quarterback as high as the first round, uh, I I think um, at very least a day two, so uh, second or third round. So rather high, you know. I mean... It's kind of normal four, five, six, and seven to have a quarterback, but one, one, two, and three is is considerably high. Um, but uh, it 
you get the sense of when, especially when when the Cowboys not necessarily last this past week um, that we just went through because they they beat the Giants, but previous week, um, you 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 get the feeling, and not just previous week, but just over the last couple of years, the Cowboys have been teetering over whether or not Dak is their guy or not. And I feel like they keep on going to him because the known is so much better than the unknown. So that that's where I can talk you out of it because, you know, a, a, a rookie quarterback, regardless of the round, but again, my focus is, you know, one through three, um, is, you know, is so much of a different proposition. Um, but Dak continues to let down in ways that, in my opinion, are somewhat, um, nauseating, <laughs> if you will. And I'm not even a Cowboy fan. I, I can't stand the Cowboys. So, you know, by all means, in my opinion, go ahead, keep Dak and, and, uh, and, you know, choke your way through, through another season. Um, but the, my thought process is is when Dak is great, he, he is great, you know. Um, and, and just like anybody else, when he's not, he's not. And I know you guys can say that. Well, when, well, of course, anybody, when they're not, they're not. But I feel like he's one of those guys that he's only 85% of a great quarterback. Now, you can win a lot of games being – 85%. In fact, most of the, the seasons uh, for the Cowboys, they win 85% of their games. But they lose the other um, that really matter. And I, I get the feeling that Jerry Jones and company is kind of really frustrated with that fact. They, they're looking for someone to push them over that. And again, I feel like it's about the known versus the unknown. And um, that's why they, they really haven't. But you, it's, you seem like every year, especially contract year, but every year it's like, you know, what's going on with Dak? Are they going to, you know, is he going to want out? Are they going to move on? And, you know, everything ends, you know, ends well. Uh, every year he stays on and, you know, they win 85% of their games and then they, you know, choke in the playoffs and around and around we go. Um, but everything I just said being, being true, um, it is kind of why I'm thinking, you know, and, and the Cowboys are bold enough to do something like that. So I feel like. You know, they they would be like, you know what? We're going to trade Dak. We're going to, you know, move up a couple spots or or we're going to, you know, stand firm, but we're still going to trade Dak. And and the quarterback draft is a really deep one this year. There's a, you know, a guy or two that we like. And let's see what we can, you know, do. I just, you know, I, I I've, over the last couple of, uh, days, 
I've had conversations off the air about it, and I talked myself into it. You know that 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 could be a thing, and, and I know a lot a lot of you guys are losing your mind right now about that thought. But here it is on record, and I I want you know um, whether you do think about it or not, you know you you keep it in the back of your mind or not. I know I am, and if it happens, you heard it here first. Dallas Cowboys might get them a quarterback in this deep, deep draft this year. And with that, that's the show for this time. I told you guys it was going to be a long one. Almost uh, two hours and um, 15 minutes. Two hours and almost two and a half hours. Uh, Two hours and 15 minutes of Cardinals itself and then you know, um, about ten minutes of the other, but um, I uh, I told you it was going to be a long one, and so I think I made the right decision in in just doing this. All Cardinals, I appreciate you guys listening as always. Um, BigSkySportsTalk at gmail.com is the email. That's the way to give your thoughts. If you've listened all the way this far and just heard my very bold and probably bad take hot take about Dallas you know drafting a quarterback this year this upcoming draft then you let me know about it um, and um, I'm maybe maybe I'm talking to an, uh, some new listeners out there you you are more than welcome to tell me how you feel big sky sports talk at gmail.com you can shoot me a direct message if you want um, and that's uh in, on Instagram, TikTok, uh, Facebook, and YouTube at Big Sky Sports Talk. You can type that in the search bar and, and um, like, follow, comment, uh, subscribe, share uh, on those as well. And then uh, plenty of places to listen. Uh, Apple, Google, uh, Audible, iHeartRadio, Amazon. Um, that's just to name a few. Plenty of uh, ways to listen to the show. And I appreciate you guys. Uh, hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the hit the bell notifications. Uh, do all the things that that uh, everybody like me is always asking you to do. I appreciate you guys doing that. Tell your friends, your family, your neighbors, enemies about it. And uh, un- until next time, um, let's uh, let's go Cardinals and let's let's keep on winning, boys. I appreciate you guys. Thanks again.